0: Every day, think as you wake up. Today, I am fortunate to have woken up. I am alive. I have a precious human life. I am not going to waste it. I am going to use all of my energies to develop myself. To expand my heart out to others. To achieve enlightenment For the benefit of all beings. I'm going to have kind thoughts towards others. I'm not going to get angry or think badly about others. I am going to benefit others as much as I can. That's a very famous set of words titled A Precious Human Life, spoken by His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama. I have a small scroll of this quote hung next to my bed right next to where my head rests because the reminder, at least for me, is quite needed on a daily basis. The world today, especially in the United States, is filled full with a cocktail of tense energy that we humans were simply never built to handle. This tension, as we well know, stems from a variety of sources. Our fast-paced society is more and more often composed of people with multiple jobs and not enough money to make ends meet, much-needed medical care without insurance, fast food, which slowly kills us from the inside out, not to mention our abundant availability of caffeine-laden beverages that keep us going when our bodies and brains are telling us to stop. Fast fashion, rapidly degrading our most precious wild areas and compromising human rights to boot. We have a very destination-oriented mindset as a cultural tradition here. Think of how many books you can find on success, for example, and becoming wealthy, or at least monetarily. We teach each other that if you want to get somewhere, you better get moving or get out the boat. But what's interesting, if a bit strange, is our often forgotten focus on the importance and necessity of recharging ourselves. We know we need rest and relaxation to regain mental clarity. It's no mystery, after all. But on we go throughout our days, full of all the stress and worry and fast, 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 fast. Slowing down is hard for a lot of people, especially right now. There's plenty of bad news and overwhelming information out there to fill your thoughts and mind space with, But my friends, this is killing our spirits from the inside out, more obsessively and sadistically than fast food ever could. And as technology and the social connectedness of our time continues to speed up even further and progress into the next big thing, the need for mental health and healing and rest and slowness becomes more critical than it ever has Thus, my good friend Bree returns from an extended absence to join me in what I hope is a healing discussion for you all. I know it was for us. We'll be sharing lots of good news and sustainability to keep things light today, followed by a dialogue specifically intended to encourage those of you out there struggling during these intense times. Because if we're going to get out of these challenging mental holes, we have to first be honest about just how low we've fallen or whether we've fallen at all. We cannot force our destinies to occur, friends. We can only allow it to come into existence through self-mastery and growth from within. So won't you stay and join us for one of the most uplifting episodes of the Sustainable Culture Podcast to date, episode 14, The Struggle is Real. Everybody to the Sustainable Culture Podcast. Uh, it's Bree. Hey, Brie's here. I'm back. Oh my gosh, Bree has been uh, gone for a while. and yes. She's had some craziness going on, but she's a lot here. Of
1: craziness. Yes. And we're actually
0: at her place. Uh, so we we brought I brought the backdrop. And uh, those of you listening on Spotify obviously can't see the backdrop, but we have the the podcast backdrop,
1: which is really cool.
0: Which is uh, here to stay and, and here to follow me around. And maybe one day I'll wear it as a cape.
1: Yes, you can a be caped Captain Crusader.
0: I'll be. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be the Captain Planet caped version. Yeah. Without the heart guy, though. He was the lame one.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: I always felt bad for him. He had one shining moment in one episode. Did you ever watch a lot of Captain Planet? <laughs> no,
1: I didn't. I saw the intro to it, and I'm like, I laughed my butt off, and I could never get into it after I watched okay. the intro.
0: Okay, we're, okay. I remember Captain Planet probably too well, so.
1: When was, like, what was the year of Captain Planet? Captain Planet.
0: It was eighties It was the same era as uh, GI Joe, when GI Joe was really big, because this is back when, when cartoons at the at the end would go, now let's talk about serious things. Let's talk about good habits, kids. You know, and they'd do the whole Gosh. thing, and then because knowledge is power.
1: I vaguely remember because I was born in ninety one. And okay. so, by the time, like, I had, It was like,
0: definitely early 90s. I can't remember. I don't think it was quite 80s, actually. G.I. Joe had had some yeah. 80s going on. But, oh, I can't remember the exact year. But, anyway, it was definitely 90s for sure. Because I remember no. it was a classic, like, Saturday morning type thing. And
1: I was raised on, like, yeah. the Magic School Bus and stuff. So, like, my husband watched tons of G.I. Joe tons and i didn't even watch power rangers or gi joe Why my not? parents wouldn't even let me play with pokemon
0: oh
1: not because pokemon were evil Bummer. my mom just hated them she's like this is stupid so you can't have any <laughs> so i never really got a chance so she to...
0: wasn't one of the like these are demonic no
1: she just hated them she just
0: thought they were dumb she thought they were dumb actually that's kind of it's a little op i yeah.
1: have to say mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. i
0: gotta say these are lame Yeah. Do other stuff. Go outside.
1: (laughs) I mean, my parents wouldn't even let us have, like, um, a Nintendo because we had computers. And apparently that was the same thing, which it was not because you cannot play Mario Kart on a computer. So (laughs) I loved going to my parents' friend's house because they always had an N64 in the middle days.
0: Can you remember when the N64 first dropped?
1: No, because I couldn't have one.
0: You couldn't have one?
1: No. I just, I, I showed up to a friend's house one day and there was like this magical box. Well,
0: do you remember the hype though?
1: I do remember the, the hype. The
0: rumble pack, anyone? You had to buy a separate rumble pack. I'm trying to remember. You had to buy a separate thing to make your controller shake until uh, they came up with a way to Okay, make so that.
1: I remember when the Game Boy first came out. That's like when, oh, I do when my conscious brain like registered Nintendo on the map. Because oh, my Kids aunt today
0: one. don't even know the no. struggle. You remember, did you have the light? The no. attachable light? No. So,
1: okay, so I wasn't allowed <laughs> to have a Game Boy either. Because apparently I had a computer. I didn't need a Game Boy. So my aunt had one. And it was like the brick. I remember years later, she finally got a light for it. But I you can't play it in the dark. And it sucked. But it was so much fun. I, I, I mean, I was terrible at it. But it was great. I,
0: I'm serious. I've never felt... Like, it's a weird time to start becoming the generation that's not the youngest generation anymore. hmm Because, like, boomers, for example, and, and prior. Yeah. There was no internet. Yeah. Now, Now, when, when we were kids, there was also very little internet. if I if remember when there all. was no have, internet. There was no internet when I was a kid. I remember when AOL and all that first time yeah. dial-up first. We had, the you know,
2: the... Yeah. Oh, my sound. gosh.
0: <laughs> we had all that, and, like... So I, rem- yeah, we remember. Yeah. And Dave Chappelle has a funny thing where he's like, "You kids probably don't even remember what that was like." It's like a, a dark time. The <laughs> dark times. You know, the dark ages. <laughs> but like it, you know, I, it, boomers and stuff like this kind of technology didn't happen until well into their adulthood, right? But we grew up with the ascendancy yeah. of technology, so it's really interesting because the you know Zoomers, yeah. Gen Z, uh. They've always had it.
1: Yeah. It's
0: always been cool.
1: And it's so weird (laughs) because I look at my nephews and my nephews can run. Like I feel like a failed millennial. I can't fix a computer to save my life. I get really angry at printers. I, I hate technology because oh, I just, I don't mesh with it. But my, my nephews are like four and they can just like throw on their PlayStation and they can set up an iPad. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to take over the world. I am completely technologically illiterate and I grew up with it, but I'm going to blame my parents because I couldn't have one because you have a computer. Why would you need anything else? You want to know what my childhood was defined by was road rash.
0: Road Rash.
1: That's the only game I played. I was like this, like what ninety Microsoft ninety seven like game.
0: That was a PC game.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah,
0: and I, you had to like knock people off of their bikes.
1: Yeah, so I couldn't have Pokemon. You had, I remember
0: you had you had chains and stuff where you would yes. like knock them. Off.
1: I couldn't play. I can't. I couldn't play with Pokemon. I couldn't watch Rugrats. But for some reason, Road Rash was okay.
0: <laughs> Way to go, Mom. That's I, good stuff. <laughs> you, know. you know what? Grow up. Knock people off of their motorcycles like a grown-up
1: like crowbars and chains and I got really good at it I was a pro yeah
0: I remember that game that was a brutal game
1: it was brutal it was a
0: very adult game and
1: even like the cutscenes were like yeah super I, I don't know I don't think my mom had any idea because my dad bought the game and let us play it
0: yeah that wasn't that was not a kid's game I no. remember that pretty vivid that part pretty vivid because I had this older neighbor mm-hmm that you know when you have that older neighbor guy friend he's like not an adult but he's older than you mm-hmm. so i thought he was so cool so cool and i, had I always whatnot. he must have hated me because i would always hang around his his <laughs> uh, ankle and i just never left him alone every time he was home i want to hang out with him yeah. and so he would let me hang out It's the lamest story ever but he he would let me hang out and watch him play computer games
1: so you're the first incarnation of hey buddy you have any games on your phone
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was watching people YouTube play games before YouTube (laughs) existed. So he would play Road Rash.
2: Oh
1: my gosh.
0: And no one knew that I was watching him play this lewd game. (laughs) And I was like, thinking I was so... I must have been like 10.
1: Yeah. Thinking I I was
0: so cool. Apparently you can, um, in Korea, you can go and you can get a degree. Oh yeah. In gaming.
1: You totally can. Competitive
0: gaming. And you can get ridiculously good at Starcraft. Starcraft is a game of choice over there actually. They 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 are masters at that game in Korea. Like
1: Starcraft tournaments big time. And I was stadiums.
0: People go to these states. I know.
1: Can you imagine? That'd be so boring to watch, honestly. That is the
0: most 21st century thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Also, this is a video game podcast now. Yeah. I don't know if sorry, you guys knew this. <laughs> <laughs> we're t- yeah. Uh, oops. So uh, we decided to kind of take a little bit of a different direction with this podcast episode. You know, we always have, we've been doing book club episodes, which yep. we love, and we will keep doing those. They were kind of on a pause for a while. Don't worry. We're going to come back with those, but. Summer is um, just a
1: bad time. <laughs>
0: summer's. You're going to have a bad time. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, we decided to, we were talking about how, you know, because we, we we haven't seen each other in a while mm-hmm. and uh, we've both been busy and we were kind of catching up the other day and we were just like, <laughs> we, we got to talk about slowing down and everything that's going on right now. I haven't, I think you mentioned, you haven't talked to one person who's a creative who is not. Dealing with something mental and psychological. Yep.
1: It's either like creative, like depression or mental depression, anxiety, um, creative block, artist block, all of it. It's just, it's all over the place. I, every single one of my creative friends is like, I haven't made anything in months. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. I haven't like, I've had to force myself to even do like tiny, like 20 minute doodles. Yeah. So dang 2020. It's, It's
0: hard to be motivated to. To do things that really, you know, heal yourself from the inside out right now, Mm -hmm. I guess, psychological healing, it's, it's so important. And I talk about it all the time, because I've been working on it a lot, but it's hard to work on it right now. I mean, it's just, you don't even have to. The crazy thing is, like, even if you're not paying too much attention to the news mm-hmm. and really trying to stay disconnected, it is impossible not to hear about what's going on oh, right now.
1: yeah. And, I mean, like, for me as a small business owner with the economy just being the way it is, I'm terrified to turn clients away because, you know, right. heck, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You don't know when, gonna if it's going to
0: go away again.
1: Exactly. So, here I am, like, burning the candle at both ends and not doing any self-care, yeah. just trying to make it through and realizing, like, this is no way to live life. This yeah,
0: are we going to have a quarantine round, too? Like, I doubt no, it. No, I hope like, not. But at this point, it's like, I say things like I doubt it. Yeah. And I'm like, easy. Yeah. (laughs) It's 2020.
1: Yeah. Don't tempt fate, my friend. Yeah,
0: easy there. Whoa. Yeah. So, yeah. Curse us all. Sisters of fate are just listening and waiting for a chance. But, but yeah, so we, we decided, you know, it's time to just talk a little bit more about slowing down and about taking that time to focus on ourselves and heal and everything in a more, kind of a more broad sense because... You know, the main thing is we talk about specific topics all the time. and We definitely will keep doing that. But, you know, today is like one of those days where it's especially with our last week and the last month and everything. I feel like it's important to just talk about what we're struggling with creatively Mm -hmm. and depression and our anxiety issues that we're dealing with. Because I feel like there's more people dealing with those things right now than...
2: Ever? probably
0: in recent history yeah. I mean it, it easily because I'm interested to see the data when this comes out
2: I uh, because uh, yeah, it no is kidding. just
0: so difficult to like and some people are rocking at it and I see you or, or just rising above and, and encouraging others and bringing other people up you guys are amazing the, you know who you are um, you're the ones who inspire the rest of us to keep going you yeah. know um, but, Definitely the extroverts. Yeah. The extroverts, you guys are, are kind of carrying the introverts at the moment. You totally are. As far as as far as like, and I, I and I'm, I know that's generalizing, but you know, in a way, introverts are kind of getting their own healing because mm-hmm. they're they're straight at home right now. They're right. like, all right, I'm okay with this. You know, life is usual. Yeah. But then,
1: then it gets to the point where you're like, oh no, I've introverted too much.
0: I've over introverted. Yeah. yeah, because then. Because introverts, for the most part, and we're both introverts, mm-hmm. you know, you need plenty of that recharge time and that's important and everything, but like, you know, you can go too far and I've yeah. done that a little bit recently and it's been kind of interesting to experience that whole like, oh man, I'm really lonely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You wake up one day you wake, and you're, you're
0: like, like, oh my gosh.
1: Oh my. Like I need I, some
0: social yeah. interaction. Yeah.
1: it's it's in you know you don't get that from work that doesn't count because you have to put on your work self and the work self is not I know it's not me it's funny because I have like this uh, the work persona where because of what I do like I'm working on people who are in pain and who are having a bad time and so I have to be upbeat happy Barbie and hate it it's totally not my personality so people come in like, hey, I'm like, hey, how you go? How's it going? Like, oh my gosh, what have you been up to? And super excited. Meanwhile, on the inside, I feel like a crusty like corn husk, and
0: crusty corn husk. Yeah,
1: like empty, like desiccated a corn husk. Very
0: wow. That's an interesting visualization.
1: <laughs> but and so the the socialization just doesn't come from work. It yeah. doesn't. And so like for it's a,
0: like this masked, <laughs> no pun intended, but like it's this weird <laughs> filtered. Version of socialization. And
1: I think it makes introverts even more lonely because there is, I would say, especially for creative people, creative introverts, there is this like this authentic self-expression that has to happen for mental health, but you can't, you can't put that on at work because they're expecting you to be like, be happy for your clients or your yeah. customers or whatever, and it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. So by the time you're done with it, you're so exhausted. Now you really don't want to go out and see your friends and yeah. do anything even remotely mentally healthy. You just like veg out. I'm not even kidding you. To keep myself from vegging out, I had to put a child block on all of my devices to keep me off of Reddit. <laughs> Every single one. And then...
0: <laughs> the over Reddit.
1: I am I over Reddit, and I had to have Josh, other my husband Josh put a um, a firewall for our entire network that only he can access on my computer upstairs so I couldn't get into Reddit because oh I can't gosh. circumvent the child block on my...
0: What's your favorite subreddit?
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I have, like, so many. There's um anti-consumerism, frugal, simple living, minimalism. Um, oh, gosh, there's a couple of them.
0: This really is checking off the boxes of Brie. Yeah, I know, right?
1: <laughs> um, there's, like, there's a conservation one that I can't remember what it is. Um... I would say the anti-consumption one is probably my favorite one.
0: Anti-consumption? Yeah. I haven't even heard of that one.
1: Yeah, it's like it's the anti-consumerism one. It's, the, it's, it's fascinating. Um, their environmental subreddits pretty good because you can always come across some really good articles. But um, my guilty pleasures are botched surgeries.
0: Whoa.
1: I don't know why. It's just, like
0: trash TV on Reddit. Is,
1: it is my trash subreddit. I love it so much. What? I have so many trash subreddits and that's why I'm like I could spend 6 hours on it and I'm like I can't do this or I just go to like popular and just scroll the front page until yeah. my eyes cross. I don't know why I'm fascinated with it, but I just am. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know. It's that's uh, my it's my garbage subreddit. Oh, the other one that I like is <laughs> Eye Bleach. I, I was on Eye Bleach, like, a lot when the coronavirus came out. Hang on. like Eye Bleach? Yeah, it's, like, cute pictures of baby animals and, like, people oh, saving animals. You and, scared
0: me with the title. N-
1: well, it's it's like, literally, like, on. Eye Bleach. So you see all these terrible things. You have to put bleach in your eyes. So here's, like, a cute, like, fluffy duckling.
0: Oh, that's adorable. Yeah.
1: Anyway, yeah. enough about well, my terrible speaking Reddit Speaking of mission. really
0: happy things. Yes. Uh, we decided to, while we're keeping it light, um, do... Uh, we want to share some good news. There's a lot of bad news floating around. So we decided to share some good news and sustainability. There's tons to share. Tons. Way I'm more surprised. than we have time for. But um, But why don't you start? You, okay. found, you found some some cool stuff.
1: Um. Okay, so this is probably not news to anyone. Maybe it is, but I was really excited about it. Uh, Talaqua, the orca, is pregnant again, and she is the orca that carried her baby who died. Um, for seventeen days. I mean, not
0: the die, the pregnant. No, yeah, the, I she's pregnant it again. again. The worst timing.
1: <laughs> that was, that was worst bad. timing clap. Um, for me, that's extremely happy news because it's more symbolic of like new beginnings. And, you know, something so tragic and how you can heal from something tragic. And so fingers crossed that nothing happens to this baby. But the fact that um, these resident orcas are dealing with starvation and um, lower salmon stocks and she had enough energy to become pregnant is a huge milestone.
0: That's really cool. So, So where is she geographically at?
1: The Seattle area okay yeah so there's a resident pod of orcas so she's not
0: so she's not in captivity she's no okay so there's
1: only one or two um orcas in captivity and i'm probably wrong on this one of them is from that resident orca pod Mm. in florida and that's a terrible horrible sad story but we're not talking about that today talking about good stuff good stuff um (laughs) there's the resident orca pod in seattle I can't remember how many members there are. It's like 17 or 27. Mm. And they subsist um, completely off of the local salmon populations. There are some transient orca pods that come up and down, like, the British Columbia coast, and they eat anything and everything. Sea lions. Orca stuff. Orca stuff. Orca stuff. But the fact that, like, the resident population has enough, like, surplus where the females can get pregnant is a huge, like, uplifting news for, like, sustainability.
0: That's amazing.
1: So, yeah. That's really cool. That was my, uh...
0: Animal per- plug. You have to though. I
1: know. I know.
0: Brie can't not talk about marine life. I can't. See. At and some point, got
1: my like my, my whale necklace on today. <laughs> my my nephew got this for my birthday. I got lots of whales and stuff for my Heck birthday. Heck yeah. Heck yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'll take a turn. Okay, I'll take a turn. So let me see. Let me let me look it up here. Oh yeah. So the first thing I found was pretty rad. I'm I'm excited to to look more into this, but. Uh, researchers from Texas A&M University, grad students, by the way.
1: That's awesome. I like Grad it students.
0: <laughs> they're still in school. This is so <laughs> rad. Um, have come up with a way to build houses using the soil from the local area.
1: That's really cool.
0: So they're using 3D printers. Surprise, surprise. I mean, everyone's starting to breathe. 3D printing technology is getting crazy.
1: Uh, the genetic tissue printing? Oh, my gosh. Oh my so
0: I should have so looked cool. some stuff up about that. But anyway, so they're using 3D printers to microscopically create this, like, zipper hmm. um, pattern in, with the clay material.
2: That's so cool. So you know
0: how soil has that top layer which yeah. is nice and soft. Mm-hmm. I'm a terrible um, geology student. I forgot what this is called. I used to know the names of the soil layers. That's anyway, okay. the uppermost layer, the mm-hmm. soft layer, they can't necessarily use that. So they use the clay to create almost this plastic-like...
2: That's cool. And, and what
0: they do is they, yeah, they somehow have created this zipper effect so that the moisture doesn't get through. So it doesn't absorb any moisture and wow. expand.
1: I'm going to look up pictures so of So what this. they're
0: trying to do is they're trying to replace concrete. Because the thing about the concrete industry, I didn't realize this, but the concrete manufacturing industry takes up 7% their whereabouts, or you know, or so of all CO2 emissions.
1: That's a which lot. Which is crazy. Yeah. I, is it, so that's globally.
0: That's globally. So okay. so concrete manufacturing itself. So you have to think about the transportation of it too. Right. This is not including that. So concrete itself, just just producing the concrete takes up about seven percent worldwide. Wow. And that's not including the transportation to or you know from the you know site, the building yeah. site and everything. So this is potentially could be a huge game changer because then you don't have to take nearly as much stuff to Mm -hmm. the site. Just the, just the equipment that it would take to, you
1: know,
0: reestablish the soil. Heck
1: not having to transport building materials.
0: I know. Right. And so their ultimate goal, I guess, is to uh, create, um, and they're, by the way, they're showcasing this, um, this fall at the American chemical society's fall expo. It's a virtual expo. So it hasn't actually been released yet. They're still mm-hmm. working on uh, load-bearing capabilities, if I remember right. So they're trying to get that all perfected, and I
1: wonder. Yeah, if... they
0: they want to build. They, what they want to do is they want to get a technology put together where they can make create buildings extremely efficiently and cheaply. Mm-hmm. Um, on other planets that's their main do
1: okay, so the artist in me is like this is gonna be one of those I hope because be really cool um, form follows function type things where we actually see really interesting buildings being built instead of like square boxes
2: yeah, and
1: because I mean, the load-bearing capabilities might be different. What if we're all living in domes here in 50 years? That would be freaking sweet.
0: That would be crazy.
1: I would love it. Like, the Earthship houses are so cool.
0: I say we start making houses that don't look like every other house anymore.
1: Amen. You know what
0: I mean? I actually posted that on Facebook a couple weeks ago, or a few weeks ago. I think I remember that. I say we build weird houses, or something like that, because... I don't know. I, I get bored with the status quo all the time. It's kind of a curse of well, mine, but it, it's, I mean,
1: with the rapid expansion we have where we're at, it's like Cracker Jack houses every... Yeah,
0: well, I was just driving like, out here to Post Falls. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that new development that they're making? The new apartment complexes? Yes. Guys, yes. why there? It doesn't look that good. No. Anyway, we're being positive. So the... <laughs> the <laughs> yes,
1: we're positive, positive, right? <laughs>
0: See, this is difficult. To, like, <laughs> I always want to go into complaints... But like they, I I want to see a world like that. That would be so rad because we have all these opportunities, energy grid improvements, micro energy. I I would love to. We're going to talk more about that stuff later.
1: Giant solar panels because I think they're doing that in some country.
0: Yeah, well, and you've heard of blockchain technology, right? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: With that kind of, and different people have had pros and cons to point Mm -hmm. out about blockchain. I'm still learning about it. Um, If you haven't heard of blockchain. I'm not going to try and explain it yet. I would just say Google it.
1: Say, so my husband's had to explain it to me five times because that's what he does for it's, work.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. he, well, he
1: messes with. So he's a security network engineer. I yeah, I knew he was. was right.
0: I knew he did IT type stuff. So
1: you know, I know they use a lot of blockchain for security. I think. Huh. I think. I don't know.
0: I mean, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, it's pretty new. Well, so. Right.
1: He's on top of all of the latest stuff. I'm not going to pretend to know exactly what blockchain is. I know what it is. But yeah. it's complicated. It's like the one time he tried to teach me binary, and my art brain was just like,
0: <laughs> "No, what do you, you don't get binary. It's just
1: two numbers." Oh, he got so mad at me. Like it wasn't <laughs> like I remember we were driving to Moscow. We were dropping him off for college. This was a, a twelve years ago, and he was trying to explain binary to me, and I could not get it. And we've been married for ten years now, and I still don't get it.
0: Yeah, Google it. Google blockchain. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a standard in the future or not. It sounds really interesting. I mean, yeah, but, um, but yeah, we're, we're coming up with all these cool ways to like move energy around.
1: Yeah. It's pretty sweet.
0: And technology around for that matter, such as, such as soil, Houses.
1: I think that's awesome. Biomimicry is uh, so cool. Not that, like, that's kind of biomimicry, but it just reminds me of...
0: I know. I have yet biomimicry. to do a bio- biomimicry episode. We talk about it all the time. I
1: know. It's so good. There's so many good books out there about biomimicry. When we do
0: a biomimicry episode, I feel like we have to make it like a two, three hour episode.
1: Well, that... And or I think several parts, because so much We should tie it into it. a book club as well. We should. Because it should just be like a theme, because well, there's so have much to we're going to have to, to read, read a bunch on it. Yeah. Yeah. If you well. got,
0: yeah, and if you haven't, if you're if you're listening to this too, and you're like, "What are they talking about?" Biomimicry is this amazing, amazing field in in uh, I guess it's like a cross between biology and engineering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not biological engineering, right? But biology. Yeah, using biology to engineer things, just
1: new systems,
0: all kinds of new systems or devices. And it essentially takes what nature has always done well and efficiently, mm-hmm. and it says, "How can we, how can we solve those same problems yeah. in our own inventions?" They, they came up with these humpback whale-inspired uh, um, airplane wings. No way! Yeah, you uh, Google it. <laughs> I was going to say it's, it's really amazing. They, so you know, humpback whales have these huge, you know, uh, fins. Of course. Yeah and and they have these those uh, kind of like bumps all over the right ridges and stuff all over their big fins is well apparently the
1: hydroelectric by... turbines
0: um, no okay they're they're actually like commercial airplane okay. wings yeah these types of things yeah. here the, um, uh
1: in- flow and increase aerodynamic efficiency due to tubercles or bumps
0: yeah tubercles which is a really fun word to say <laughs> tubercles my tubercles are so sore <laughs> so today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. Ew. Yeah,
0: no, that's... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's cool.
0: It's really rad. So anyway, biomimicry is, is... I should have done some research on that today. That would have been fun. I mean,
1: well, again, there's so much like good news in like the realm well, of sustainability. What, what, did
0: you find any other stories?
1: Uh, yeah, so... Another um, marine one. Sorry. Not sorry. No. Uh. Um, so in Zanzibar, um, they are... Let me read you the headline here. Unemployed single women are saving fish and making money by farming sea sponges. And this is kind of a big deal. Because if you look at these heavily impoverished um, third world countries, basically... Yeah. Women have it really rough. Um, especially if they're single and they're raising children. That's
0: putting it lightly. But but, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, you know... Um, from my understanding, is Zanzibar was like a seaweed farm, or they like. But seaweed is such a low-income crop that you know most people can't make a living off of it. Mm. So they're taking these women and they're teaching them how to farm sponges, which is really interesting because to properly farm sponges, you have to have like a full knowledge of the ecosystem, how they grow everything. So not only are you helping these women sell a very high-cost product because they're used all over the world for art, cleaning, whatever, because they're hypoallergenic, but you're teaching them how to care for the environment. So there's like this cyclical idea of like the environment takes care of me i take care of the environment to help these sponges grow and it's awesome because it's helped bringing back biodiversity into this area as well so it's like you hit all of these really awesome um points and to follow that um i'm gonna look this up there is an ex he's not a navy seal i think he's a british version of a navy seal um
0: <laughs> we're so american right I, now yeah wow <laughs>
1: Uh, so he trained a bunch of single women in Africa to be an anti-poaching unit for rhinos, and they're no called way. the they're called the Akashinga warriors, and they are some badass women.
0: That is the most badass title. Yeah. Say that again.
1: So the Akashinga it means the brave ones.
0: Akashinga. Akashinga. Yep. Akashinga.
1: They are in Zimbabwe's Pundundu Wildlife Area, and they protect the endangered animals from being poached. And they are tough i watched a few of their right. um training videos this guy has gone in there because like, he's a conservationist too and he's like how he like and this is the thing like if you ever read the book called white the white man's game it's a really good book yeah the problem the reason why conservation oh, yeah, yeah, that, get, the reason right. why conservation in africa doesn't work is because it doesn't include the locals it kind of like glosses over them his idea mm-hmm. is we have to obviously include the people who live in this area or nothing yeah, happen.
0: It, it seems conservation efforts a lot of times seem like it almost seems like they focus on uh the industry so Mm -hmm. much and they they forget about the actual human beings who run the industry exactly which is really odd yeah but i think that's just a common thing that oh it is i
1: mean like one of the points i gotta look up
0: a picture of them too oh
1: yeah do it they're amazing the really interesting thing like i heard a term um from one of the books i was reading where they called like modern day conservationism in africa as neo-colonialism because it's a lot of like i guess wealthy donors coming in and they're pretty like single-minded on fixing an issue, Mm. but they're not looking at why that issue is an issue. Like why is bush hunting such an issue well? Because the the tribes over there don't have anything to eat. So you can't go in and like protect an animal if the people who live there are starving or they don't have an energy source or they're completely destabilized. And it actually just makes them more angry because they have what they would consider people who are invading their lands. And in fact, on a lot of these reserves, there's been a lot of um, intentional poaching to get back at the wildlife preserves because of that, that local anger. So I think the Akashinga Warriors is an incredible way... To solve that, um, is this them? No, something
0: uh, came up about RuneScape.
1: What? No, <laughs> um, look up it's aka 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 s h i n g a. Yeah,
0: oh, here we are. Akashinga, brave all female warriors who fiercely protect endangered animals yeah. from poachers. Oh, this is Nat Geo.
1: Yeah, they he made like. This group made humongous news, and wow. I follow them on Facebook because they do some.: The amazing brave ones works. they're called.:
0: Wow, that's so cool.:
1: Yeah. So I like this um,
0: I'm going to display uh, we'll display a picture so you guys can see them. Um, this is really awesome.:
1: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I, of course they've got like their
0: Oh, here it is right here. Our bold goal is to employ 1,000 female rangers by 2025 managing vast areas of wilderness. Our focus is always to recruit, uh, to recruit and employ locally. And this goal will only be possible with the help of our passionate community of supporters. Wow, they have this whole film about yeah.
1: them. Oh my gosh,
0: this is cool.
1: So this whole idea of empowering these single women who throughout history have been some of the most oppressed people. Look at these ladies. Look how badass I know. they are. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Because if you think about it, like 100 years ago, these are the women that were being sold off into child marriages And incredibly oppressed, and having like 16 children that they didn't want, no education, nothing. Wow,
0: I'm glad you found this story. This is amazing. Look at them, right? Dude, I wouldn't want to mess with them. No, (laughs) no, (laughs) I don't want to be caught poaching on their territory. No No. way, dude. Look at her. Yeah, she's gonna mess you up.
1: I just, it's so amazing to me. Like, it's inspiring.
0: This is amazing. This is a cool story that you found. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Now I gotta follow this act up. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. Milo.
1: So uh, what do you got? What What, what do you have? Dang! Like. <laughs> I can't. Okay,
0: so I can't top that one. <laughs> I can't top it, but I can talk about um, something else that's totally separate than that, and it was really, really cool. <laughs> um, so, and I got this off of uh, ScienceDaily.com. If you guys uh, haven't heard of ScienceDaily.com, I can't recommend it enough. It's really cool. It's amazing. It gives you very um, research-based and very uh, like tech paper based, yeah, peer review based type news in science, and it it's pretty awesome. I mean, you get news on climate, matter, and energy, bacteria, plants, and animals. I mean, bioengineering, mean, any kind of science field you can think of, it's in here. And there's papers and studies, and you, it's
1: I love it such a vast
0: website. Is so, there an
1: app for that on your phone? I wonder, uh, just to have it delivered directly to your To your brain cavity every day? I
0: I hope so, because I'll sign up for it. Um, Daily. But I found this cool story on here about... Well, I'll just read it. Nylon manufacturer could be... I'm sorry. Nylon manufacturing could be revolutionized by the discovery that bacteria can make a key chemical involved in the process without emitting harmful greenhouse gases.
1: What? could totally change the clothing industry this
0: could change everything
1: well i'm just sitting here thinking about fast fashion and like fast fashion being the second most polluting industry in the yeah. world
0: and you guys you guys some of you might remember
1: there's an that, app oh it
0: is a, oh science news daily Heck yeah okay don't know how i haven't figured I think that it's out
1: the same i hope it's the same one hopefully
0: see. but um you guys might remember episode two which was titled clothing which oh, yeah. was, uh, Bree was my guest and we, we talked about clothing quite a debut.
1: bit. debut. Yeah. Okay, what's the name of that article? Let me see if it's on the app.
0: Um, it's called Sustainable Nylon Production Made Possible by Bacteria Discovery. Okay. And this just came oh, out. there
1: it is. It is the same app. We are yeah. good.
0: The source of this, by the way, is is from the University of Edinburgh, Edinburgh in Scotland, of course. I've been there. Have you?
1: I have been there. It's super cool. Man. I every, stayed in the dorms. Every
0: picture I see of Edinburgh... Makes me think of like wolverines, not wolverines, um, werewolves.
1: No, totally. It, totally. You can just
0: see one coming out of the corner and just, you know, yeah. it, it's so, it's just the whole city looks like that type of look. It's
1: got the same feel to it. We were in the catacombs, which is like one of the most haunted places in the world. Wow. I was terrified. I thought that the dirt was haunted, so I threw away my tennis shoes because I didn't want to bring home ghosts. I was a very superstitious 12 year old.
0: <laughs> oh, you were 12.
1: I was 12. Yes. I well, was- I
0: could you know.
1: I was on a student ambassador program, and I was terrified of ghosts. And of course, like, here they are, putting us under the streets. And, I ain't like, scared no
0: ghost.
2: <laughs> I was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were telling us ghost stories and, like, how some of the guides have been thrown against walls. And I'm like, here's 12-year-old me, like, shaking. It's great.
0: <laughs> I'm going to read a couple bits. So this this says here, I'm just going to read straight from this short article here is scientists have developed a sustainable method of making one of the most valuable industry industrial chemicals in the world known as adipic acid which is a key component of nylon and so more than 2 million tons of this fabric is used to make like clothing for, i mean we think about nylon and what it's made with or what is made of nylon clothing uh parachutes furniture I mean... Ropes. Ropes. A,
1: a netting and ropes is netting, the thing. one. Netting, yeah,
0: just shoes. Yeah. Freaking everything. Carpet, I think, too. There's a lot of carpet that's made of nylon. Um, music cases. Music, oh my gosh, the, you're right. The These chairs probably that we're sitting in probably have nylon in them. Probably. And so, yeah, it's, it's incredibly versatile, and so therefore we use it a lot. But... Um, Yeah, these folks, so the study is published right here. It says in uh, the journal ACS Synthetic Biology. It was funded by the Carnegie Trust in the UK Research and Innovation. And the folks who did it, Jack Suter, who's a PhD student at the University of Edinburgh, um, he says here, I am really excited by these results. It's the first time adipic acid has been made directly from Guayacol, which is one of the largest untapped renewable resources on the planet. This could entirely change how nylon is made. It totally could change it. Everything.
1: totally. That's so cool. Yeah. A, okay. I'm so, going to have to
0: look way further into that one. But I mean,
1: I feel like you couldn't top my last article, but I feel like this is also, this is on par.
0: It's pretty cool.
1: I mean, that's pretty sweet.
0: We'll say apples and oranges.
1: Okay. There we go. <laughs> I mean, I'm over here on the animal side. You're over here on the science side. So I know.
0: We were talking earlier about how... How uh, she can't, Brie can't not talk about first off marine life, but just yeah, animals in general. In general,
1: I can't, I cannot.
0: And I always seem to talk about industry and mm-hmm. science, yep, like that type of science. I don't know how that happened, but yeah.
1: <laughs> I just think that's just how the brain works. Like I think so. you have a scientific brain. I have like this weird artsy fartsy, loves animals. I, it's like I never got past ten years old. I'm like horses, I love yeah. horses, except just grew everywhere else. So anyway.
0: All right, one more.
1: One more. So one more. This can, can kind of actually like tail yours. It's about animals. I'm not sorry. Um, <laughs> it was one of the articles talking about how beetle larvae can survive on polystyrene alone. Oh, yeah. So I mean, they're using superworms. Because we knew that mealworms could eat polystyrene, but they're feeding them just on polystyrene alone. Like, that. that's all they eat. And they break it down into carbon dioxide. And it's that's a huge thing, because plastic is obviously an issue. Mm-hmm. And what? I know, right? Who knew? But I, I mean, I know. But these ones, it's just just—it's—it's it's crazy to me that, so like the, an estimated 359 million tons of plastic were produced globally in 2018, including 33 million tons of polystyrene, you know. So here we have How like- How many 33 tons? 33 million, just of 33 polystyrene. 33 million
0: tons. In 2018,
1: of My just polystyrene. My brain can't
0: even comprehend what I know, that right? Is.
1: So, like, the very fact that, you know, here we have, like, I mean, you can go to any beach. Like, even the beaches I was on today had plastic on it, and it was just obnoxious. But anyway, side note, <laughs> positive um, that we have, like, these natural solutions to this problem. If it can just be broken down into carbon dioxide. And the other thing, too, is, is like, neoworms and superworms are used in a lot of feed, too. So, it's not like they're just existing to yeah. make the plastic. I mean, there's other uses for it.
0: Well, I've heard of... I remember hearing relatively recently of mealworms some kind, some species of mealworm being able to eat plastic
1: mm-hmm.
0: is it is this a similar is this, this the, is the same? same thing okay yeah
1: it's the same so the these superworms um let's see here they're three to six centimeters long, so they're four times the size of mealworms um, and they ate four times more polystyrene a day than the mealworms ate and so Uh, The team fed one group of superworms styrofoam as their sole diet and another group a normal diet of bran over a 28-day period. To test how the worms digested the polystyrene, the researchers analyzed the frass, or worm poop, um, using gel permeation chromatography and two types of spectroscopy. The group found that the worms had depolymerized the long-chain polystyrene molecules into low low molecular weight products.
0: So, depolymerized.
1: And that's the problem with plastics. What, what is
0: depolymerized? So,
1: if you, plastics are polymers, so they're like long chains of molecules that are extremely strong. It's why it's so right. difficult for them to break down. And so, basically, these worms, they're digestive, it's actually their gut um, bacteria that are breaking the bonds in these polymers and making them.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: So, they're like tiny little X's.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. And so,
1: it's, it's a super cheap option to break down.
0: Like, so you know, we were talking about biomimicry a second right. ago. I want see that's that's a perfect reason why biomimicry is so cool because yeah. with biomimicry, you can look at a something that's being solved, mm-hmm. and you work backwards from that. Right. So in my, my the biomimicry type brain, you're you're thinking of these stomach acids mm-hmm. that are breaking down these bonds. So biomimicry would say, okay, That stomach acid is breaking Mm -hmm. these bonds down. First off, how does it do that? Right. And how can we do that?
1: Exactly. Or even farm the, just even farming the bacteria that live in their gut and just releasing the bacteria. Yeah. like a, as a culture onto these large amounts of polystyrene and styrofoam. And I mean, we use so much polystyrene because I think, don't quote me on this one. Hang on. Actually, let me look it up. I think polystyrene is plastic number five it is polystyrene packaging so they do use it for food
0: oh, okay um, well yeah like with are they i think it's what they use for like meat
1: yeah i'm pretty those, sure yeah. I, yeah like i said it's been a while since i have delved deeply into the plastic crisis cuz that was my
0: <laughs> yeah
1: once upon a time my my uh simpler soapbox. times simpler times simpler times indeed but um oh safety here we go yeah Safe for use in food service products. So I would say that it's probably one of the most widely used um, plastics out there because of its safety. Dang. Yep, it says commonly used for containers and food and drinks. Um, The styrene monomer is a cancer suspect agent. No surprise there.
2: Uh huh. Yeah.
1: But anyway, just given that it's 33 million tons in 2018 alone, we have a problem and it's mostly ending up in landfills. Yay for bugs.
0: That, That could. Again, that's another potential game changer. This is why I like sharing these stories. And I think it was really important for us to do this because yeah. cause with all the bad news going on and all that stuff, I mean, it's easy to forget that these that positivity even exists sometimes. And like What's that? Yeah, like because it, you know, the way that um that the media kind of portrays things a lot is just very doom and gloomy and very. it you know, so imagine like if we were to completely change the way that um, we dispose of plastic by using bugs. That
1: would be great. That would be amazing. Can you imagine just having like a separate bug bin for your, a your bug garbage?
0: Bin. Yeah, that's the bug bin. <laughs> that's our plastic composting bug bin.
1: The fact that, that you have like plastic composting so is amazing. I guess
0: a, a last question I have about that is, so when they, when they digest it and they then poop it out. Right. Is it usable?
1: Um, Can you compost it or something? 36.7% of the ingested styrofoam was converted into carbon dioxide. So that's a pretty big chunk of it just turned into a gas. Um, Just a burp? Yeah, basically. (laughs) Um,
0: We'll have to research that some more. Yeah, I'm going
1: to have to definitely because it it doesn't say what it, other than it's just an easier...
0: Yeah. Because I'm trying to get, you know, I'm. we were talking about systems thinking earlier. And, yeah. And uh, off camera there. And systems thinking, you know, I, I've been doing a couple episodes on distributive economics. It's very oriented around systems thinking. Yeah. I'm saying like, you know, we've talked about value stream before where, you know, this process causes this thing, which causes that thing, which causes that thing. Everything you do in society causes this ripple effect. And that systems thinking is... Is going across those ripples and finding out just how far do the ripples go. And, you know, so by doing something positive, mm-hmm. is it – is the overall results going to stay positive or is it going right. to cause negative results down like the, the road? negative ripple. So you have to think systems thinking, especially with big, huge, game-breaking things like this.
1: And I think, well, systems thinking for this, I, I bet a lot of people are like, well, okay, well – are they healthy when they eat this? Are we dealing right. with toxic mealworms afterwards? And I think the interesting thing is yeah, they, exactly. they found the team that – Yeah, team are we found... dealing with toxic
0: waste? <laughs> toxic like, it. Like, yes. Now happening? we have
1: worms that are toxic. We got rid of the plastic, but now, now we have Franken worms. Yeah. Uh, the team found that the mealworms fed HBCD-laden, which is um, a flame retardant. It's a common toxic flame retardant that they add to polystyrene. Okay. So that when they were fed this laden polystyrene, they were just as healthy as the worms that had a normal diet and the shrimp that ate the polystyrene-fed worms were healthy as well. She says she and her colleagues were shocked by the results as they had suspected that the chemicals such as HBCD would bioaccumulate in the shrimp. Yeah. So, I mean, these...
0: So this might be a good thing. A good
1: ripple, yeah. Holy
0: crap, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm so glad you found that story. Jeez, you found, we found some good stories. We did. I got one last story. Bring it. Okay, one last story, and this came out... And then we'll take a break. Um... This came out, and I shared this on Instagram yesterday. So this is a brand new story about the white rhinos.
1: Yay! Oh, look who's talking about animals now.
0: I know, right? I couldn't resist. (laughs) Um, So white rhinos, you guys might know, how many white rhinos are there? Let's see here. Can you look that up while I'm I'm reading this? You got it. So white rhino populations are, I believe it's just two. I believe there's only two left, but I just want Bree to confirm that for me. White rhinos are almost extinct which is so sad, and we've already lost black rhinos. Two. Two.
1: As of March 2018, there are only two rhinos of the northern white rhino left, both of which are female.
0: Ah, and so that's been the dilemma, Mm -hmm. is they're both female. They can't naturally reproduce. Um, And so, yeah, um, researchers, scientists have successfully harvested eggs from these females.
1: That's awesome. What are they going to fertilize them with?
0: Well, they're trying to find viable, right, right now they're finding viable embryos
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they're and, and donors essentially. Right. So I forget what species of rhino they want to use for males. Um, but yeah, they, they have successfully, we still have work to do. Yeah. Um, they haven't successfully, you know, fertilized these eggs yet, but we do have. Viable eggs yeah. that we've extracted, which is a huge scientific breakthrough, by the way. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah. Uh, I think that's huge cool. first step. Huge first step. We this very well may save the right the white rhino population,
1: which is and, awesome. we, and
0: can you imagine in our lifetime if we see? Yeah. White rhinos, you know, populations. I would like begin to see to this
1: like be precursor technology to a Jurassic Park.
0: Not really. Dude.
1: I mean...
0: We will have learned nothing, but it would be so cool.
1: I mean, they've made five <laughs> movies, and they keep making the same mistake.
0: Yeah. So, Hold on to your butts.
1: I will say that this entire 2020 has taught me, when you think of like, people being stupid in the movies, you're like, that would never happen in real life. Nope, that would happen in real life. Absolutely. I'm,
0: totally. We're already trying to bring Wooly Mammoths back. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> against all, all <laughs> kinds of, of criticism, too.
1: Maybe you shouldn't do that. We're going to do it anyway. We're going to do
0: it. We're going to do it. <laughs> what
1: are you going to do about it? Nothing. Yeah.
0: If you guys haven't heard of the man- the Mammoth Project, it's a real thing.
1: It is a real it's thing. It's
0: amazing. They're, they're actually trying to use this huge, um, I think it's called the Kamchatka Peninsula um, in Russia, all the way the, the easternmost side of Russia.
1: This feels like the beginning of a bad movie. It's it's, crazy. Already in Russia, this
0: peninsula is about the size of California, to give you an idea.
1: Oh wow, that's a good
0: one. And it's practically untouched. It's very, it's volcanic. It's very wild.
1: Permafrost type stuff.
0: Yeah, it's it's really um, extremely wild area. But apparently, it's like the perfect. This is kind of an extra little fun thing. I guess they're just gonna
1: let him go. It's it's a
0: perfect apparently um, climate. For, and, and you know biodiversity area for what woolly mammoths would have had
1: i wouldn't mind seeing and a woolly so, mammoth yeah, in real life
0: they're talking about um, using that space to reintroduce the populations there if it even happens i mean this has been probably 15 20 years of research i think i forget when it started but the but the, yeah they're trying to bring the mammoth project to fruition on the kamchatka peninsula in russia
1: that's awesome which reminds me i gotta look this up just to make sure i got my facts right in montana i actually saw it um they found somehow some soft tissue in t-rex bones what yep
0: so they could theoretically clone theoretically theoretically uh in 2020 it's theoretical but think like 40 years from now
1: oh my gosh. Yeah, so, so even so, scientists have found intact soft tissue in dinosaur bones before. Uh, I know when I went to Montana, they found, they had one. You know, they didn't think that soft tissue could be preserved, but yeah. perfect conditions. And we could have our own job If the park.
0: conditions are, per- yeah, like if, I guess if it got encased in just the right way underground. Yeah, why not? And it was, yeah, because you can put organic matter in an airtight case. Mm-hmm. And it won't rot for shoot like it a out long time. Or you what? can okay. shoot it out, yeah
1: a fun idea coming across like alien fossils in space
0: yeah russia sent a dog to space did you know that yes i did there are monuments built in his honor that's awesome yeah <laughs> anyway we are gonna take a quick break we've talked about some good news and uh it has set the precedent for yes. today and uh so we're just gonna take a quick break we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk a little bit about slowing down working on our mind health mind health and uh, otherwise known as mental health. Nah. <laughs> and we're just gonna we're gonna chill, guys. We're gonna hang out. So take a break, take a breather. Come back, hang out with us. Back everybody, I have Brie with me. Hey
1: again. Hey. So
0: uh, we are here at Sustainable Culture Podcast, yes. and today we're, you know, we're talking about slowing down. We shared some good news before the break in sustainability. Lots um, of good the news. beautiful thing, you know, we only shared six. Well, I'll say six and a half stories.
1: I totally snuck one in there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I tried. To, I guess seven. Fine. <laughs> we sh- we shared some good news, and there's the cool thing is there's thousands of really good things that you can find in sustainability. So check out websites like Science Daily. Yeah, the app. I
1: was just browsing it on break and it's like all good news.
0: That's awesome. So, so yeah. You really have to go out of your way to find good news right
1: Unfortunately. now. Unfortunately.
0: But you know what? It's not that hard. The the beautiful thing about the, the thing about the this social age that we're in and the all the news that's everywhere. We're so overly inundated with this yeah. stuff. It's just as easy to find the good news as it is to find the bad news. Yep. And so th- that kind of thing is such a an important reminder right now. It seems obvious, but it's it has to be reminded.
1: I think so, especially with the election coming up. Like, if you're only looking yeah. for bad news, that's all you're going to find. That's all
0: you're going to find. And there's plenty of it to find. I mean, 20. sure. In, in any election year, you're going to find tons of bad news. Yeah. And this is a, such an exceptional election year for obvious reasons. So, yeah, yeah there's plenty of bad news to find. But, like, I, I had so much fun. When we came up, we were like, hey, let's let's share some good news on the episode today. You know? And, and we started researching on our own. And when I was researching, I, I was really barreling down the rabbit hole say, of how much good news there is. It took I, me oh.
1: five minutes to find my good news stories. Yeah. Just five minutes. And there was like so much. And then of course, like I was, after I found my stories, I was looking for more and I was just like, this is fantastic. Yeah. The world's amazing. Also
0: Bree's hair's down for the second half. Yeah. In case you're confused.
1: I, I needed to disguise myself for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Look closely cause it's not going to happen again. Yeah. I never wear my hair down. It's just really hot.
0: So Bree, how have you been doing with this whole slow down thing? Have Not
1: you? great. Like, honestly, since we're going to be talking about mental health and slowing down, I'll just be completely transparent. This has been, I think we
0: both should be. Yeah.
1: This has been awful. Um, like the actual, like the quarantine, I was actually fine. Like I, had, when the quarantine hit, I had desperately needed a break. Like,
0: yeah. We introverts were like, okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm like, fine. This is fantastic. I don't have to stay go Stay home. Sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> and so I like, I did art every day. It was, a really, I was getting into a place where I was in a really good mental place. Yeah. And I was fine. Quarantine was fine. I, I was... The first part of quarantine, I was stressed out because we didn't know what COVID would bring. And How so, long
0: were you quarantined?
1: Um, I was out of work for two and a half months.
0: So, yeah, you had a good length of time. I had
1: a good length of time. The first couple of weeks, I had really bad heartburn, which I hadn't had in 10 years because, like, there's so many unknowns. Like, my brain was like, yeah. oh, what if you never get to go back to work? Or what does this mean? Or, like, is the true projection of 16,000 Idahoans going to die? True. And there's just so much going on. And so... I blocked all my news sites and I just did art for two and a half months and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then when I went back to work, the first few weeks were okay. I mean, I was really scared that, you know, given my line of work, I wasn't going to be busy. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll just take anyone and everyone that comes to me. But because I'm in a high contact um, uh, industry i had to start spacing my clients out so my work days got longer and i was taking on more clients than i'm used to and i went for
0: those who don't remember what is it you do
1: i'm a massage therapist so yeah i'm like literally touching people and um i do ashiatsu massage so i do have like that four or five foot four inch like social distance because that's how tall i am yeah yeah. i stand on people so i'm not actually like breathing on them (laughs) and they're not breathing on me thank goodness yeah um but at the time uh when it all hit like Everything in uh, Washington was closed, so I was getting a lot of Washingtonian people coming over. So my work days went from like something that I had finally managed before COVID. I was finally at like my perfect level, perfect income level, and trying to like find a healthy balance. Because before COVID hit, I was having some mental struggles already. Yeah, um, My health was kind of heading downhill. And so anyway, back to when COVID ended, or not ended, the quarantine ended, I was just taking on everyone. I was working five, six days a week. And working sometimes 10 hour days as a massage therapist they consider 20 hours full-time as a massage therapist as a massage therapist 20 hours is considered full-time interesting
0: well I guess I can totally understand that. especially
1: if you're a small business owner because you have your your 20 hours in session then you have to do your laundry then you have to do your business work so you're you're working um you're working full-time you're working full-time but given that it's so physically um demanding Mm -hmm. the 20 most massage therapists can't do more than 20 massage hours a week. So, and
0: with Ashiatsu, I mean, it, I, I would say, would you say it involves your whole body? Oh, it's, my whole, it's a
1: whole body. It's a whole body. So, you know, it, it saves your wrists, yeah, but it exhausts you more. And I don't care what any mm. barefoot massage therapist says. It doesn't make massage easier. It just makes it, you can get deeper without, like, killing yourself yeah. completely. Anyway, so... Fast forward to like six months where I'm at now, where I was burning the candle at both ends and I wasn't doing any art and I was, you know, making as much money as I could because I didn't have income for two and a half months and so I was trying to catch up and I hit a massive low point. I um, I started back at the middle of May, which was like three weeks into the whole thing, started coming down with some really odd symptoms and we couldn't figure out what they were and so through trial and error, they basically diagnosed me with fibromyalgia which Mm. as a 29 year old being told you have fibromyalgia is like the most obnoxious annoying thing to ever hear but
0: can't imagine
1: and a lot of people don't think fibromyalgia exists because they don't really have a a true way to diagnose it but Mm. i would get off of work and my feet felt like they were being stung by wasps so it was really painful for me to touch my clients. And here I am working full time Yeah, and it would feel like I was sitting on bee stings and my body would start to ache. And it felt like as the day went on, somebody was hanging lead weights on my limbs. And so towards the end of the day, I couldn't move. Um, And then the depression hit um, after that. And it just like my whole body completely revolted um, from all of this stress I was putting myself under. And then, you know, I had to have, like, a come-to-Jesus talk with myself of, like, this is going to be my reality unless I slow down. Yeah. Um, my doctor at the time, she's like, I think you minimize things, and you have to stop minimizing where you're at because clearly you're working too much. Um, my husband was saying, you know, like, this the money you're making is not worth it. And meanwhile, as a small business owner, I'm freaking out because I'm like, I've got to meet some bottom lines. I have to hit these, like, financial goalposts or whatever. Yeah. And... So, actually, when you had posted that thing on Facebook about talking about slowing down, I'm like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I literally, within that week, had knocked myself back down to part-time, really had to come to grips with, like, if you don't get off this medication, the tremors you have every morning are going to get worse, Um, the fiber is never going to go away, you're going to be dealing with the chronic migraines. Oh, and to throw a monkey wrench in it, back in May, they told me I would have to have jaw surgery. So... I was told... So what
0: did the jaw surgery supposed to... What so was the, it supposed to entail? Well, they
1: thought that I was having issues with my breathing, which turns out that my sleep apnea test came back mild. They still want to do an in-lab sleep study, but they told me that they were going to have to break both of my lower my, my lower jaw and my upper jaw, move it forward. Mm-hmm. They were going to um, put a chin implant Physically in. Physically
0: break them? They, they were
1: going to break them. I'd have to be in braces first for a year. They were going to pull teeth. Then they were going to cut right here and here and right here and pull everything, pull everything forward um, and I would be out of work for months. I, I would have be been on a liquid diet for eight weeks. Um, oh my gosh. I don't heal well. So like, I remember when I had my wisdom teeth pulled, I had four dry sockets and they pulled out my sinus floor. So I'd have sinus reconstructive surgery from that. <laughs> so on top of like my deteriorating mental health from working too much, I was now being told you need to stay in this job full time because your co-payment at minimum is going to be $15,000. And
0: you're like, Oh, Cool. Just, just that.
1: Yeah, just just that. And then um, three weeks ago, I found out that after we had everything finalized, I had come to terms with the surgery. I had come to terms with like, okay, well, I'm going to have to stay in this job longer than I wanted to, um, that my surgeon was out of network. And they told me that now I was going to have to pay at minimum $31,000 out of pocket for this, this, this surgery. And, okay. Yeah. And was like, no big deal. Yeah. Right? That's more than I brought home last year. Cool. Interesting. Cool. Um,
0: yeah, a year's salary. Yeah, I just Great.
1: got I just got out of debt um, after working like off everything for the past ten years. Cool, let's just like strap myself for another ten years <laughs> of debt. No big deal. So, oh my gosh. on top of all that, and then like, everything came crashing down when they told me that the surgery wasn't covered. And I'm like, you know what? Screw this. Yeah, I know what's causing my, my issues. I'm not slowing down. I'm working too much. I'm not feeding my, my soul. I'm not doing art. I'm not doing anything that makes me happy. I'm going to take the money that I save for my braces, I'm going to buy scuba gear. Heck We're yeah. going to do some adventuring. I I I dropped myself down to part-time, came to terms with like this is what my salary is going to look like, but I've seen and felt firsthand the physical effects that deteriorating deteriorating mental health have on the body. Yeah. And it's something that I the see physical in my, effects. Yeah, yeah. I see it in my clients every day, and so for me to be so blind to it is shocking. But I was not willing to, I, I had to sit down and look at myself and say, 10 years from now, if you keep doing what you're doing right now, what are you going to be like? And mm. at the time, my, my therapist had me read a book called When the Body Says No. And it talks about um, how the, when body, the, body says when no. the body says no. Wow. And it talks about how the chemical cascades that we have from stress that we put ourselves under, how um, basically they're like precursors for autoimmune disorders, cancers, whatever. And I'm like, in 10 years, I'm going to have an autoimmune disorder. They run in my family. Right. And the things that I wanted, that I had envisioned myself in my 30s doing, I wouldn't be able to do. Mm-hmm. And, and this behavior has to change. And so.
0: Well, in, in, if I can interject, absolutely. In, your, um, in your field, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have a career now of helping other people. Right. And it's, it's interesting because when you, I, I notice this as a trend, when, when you help people a lot, mm-hmm. whether it's a career or just something you do that you like to do or whatever, mm-hmm. you, you, it's easy to forget about helping yourself.
1: Yeah. It's, it's totally like when we, it's every year in our continuing education, they talk about it. Yeah.
0: And I mean, yeah.
1: this, this job that I was in was always supposed to be a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. And I got stuck in this job because my doctorate program was, uh, baseline without interest a hundred thousand dollars and i'm like i don't like that that field of work enough to spend a hundred thousand dollars in three years of my life you know pursuing it so i got so i i I felt stuck in massage and you know how feeling stuck you know deteriorates mental health big time and so i think there's also a little bit of a fear that keeps you from slowing down Mm -hmm. um, because you have to face the demons and the aspirations you've always had but if you keep going you don't have to right and so I think slowing down is an act of more courage and bravery than burning the candle at both ends. Because we celebrate this Definitely more than
0: is given credit. Way more. Yeah. Like this
1: This whole live fast, die young mentality that we have in our country. And I'm, I'm going to be the first to say this. Our economy is not set up to slow down.
0: It's not right now. It's yeah. not right now. Which we'll expand on in a minute. Yeah.
1: So, you know, there's always that that mental like, Oh my gosh, I need to make as much money as possible, but I wasn't living my life. I wasn't, I was literally doing nothing but work and I've been doing nothing but work for the past six years and I just got burnt out and burnout is such a thing. So the only way to fix burnout is to slam on the brakes. Mm -hmm. And I did. And
0: against all odds sometimes, Yeah. you know, you, I feel like you might, there's plenty of situations where a lot of people find the important, like, you know, the imperativeness of, You know, I have to slow down or I'm going to die. Yeah. I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. um, From work or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you might, it might be, it might feel completely uncertain. There's a lot of people in a lot of situations where you, you might not be able to financially do it Mm -hmm. slow down.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: And it can seem so uncertain so that it's, it's, as you mentioned, you know, our economy isn't really set up for that, which I want to talk about a lot in a minute, but, um, yeah, it, it makes it really difficult, especially when you find the importance of, of it yeah. and, and the, it, how urgent it might be. Um, when you're trying to deal with stress and depression and anxiety and all, that, re- all those related mm-hmm. things all at once, and then on top of that, you know you need to slow down, but you also know you might not be able to, Right. that just adds to oh, it, 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 you know?
1: it. It adds an extra layer of like, I'm trapped.
0: You're totally trapped. And yeah. I
1: think that's what a lot of people in with this whole virus thing going around, I think that's what they're facing.
0: Now, you're not really trapped, of course. Right. I want to say that really boldly and out loud because it yeah. always feels that way. Yes.
1: I remember- and I'm, I'm going to expand
0: on that too. But it's, you're you're not trapped. No. And that's not the end all be all. There is always a solution there.
1: And my but therapist was sometimes. like, you're going to write this down and you're going to put it somewhere you see it. It's, you always have a choice.
0: Ooh,
2: Yeah.
1: You always do. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, I feel like I'm drowning in a puddle most days because I know how to change it. I know what I want to do with my life, but I'm too scared to do it. And so... But
0: you're so right. You do always have a choice. Yeah. And to further that, you are where you are at because of the choices you have made. Exactly. And so, I mean, with that kind of stuff, I remember when I first came to that realization. And it was relatively recently. It was really only about, I don't know, four years ago. Is this
1: kind of when you started doing, like, the... Um, meditation type, growing your. Well,
0: this is before that. Um, I have, and I'll, I'll get into this in a sec. But um, I've really only been on a journey of psychological growth proper in the past. I'd say, I guess, three years. So or you're more so? of a
1: master at slowing down than I am already.
0: Well, I wouldn't. Say that. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> definitely definitely not. Me. So you start to realize at one point the power of your choices. And I, and I just recall, and again, I'll, I'll mention more of this later, but when I was going through my divorce, mm-hmm. it was, I mean, um, hard to come to terms with reality in general. Of course, anyone who's been through divorce knows that, but, um, that realization of, Oh yeah, I literally, even the negative stuff, you have to come to terms with the fact that you are responsible for the choices you make. hmm. And we were talking about systems thinking, you know, really understand the ripple effects that your choices will make. Mm-hmm. You ever think about how, you know, if if you wouldn't have taken that one road Are you talking about the butterfly time, effect? <laughs> yeah, the butterfly effect is amazing. You know, mm-hmm. if you wouldn't have decided to watch that one TV show that one day, mm-hmm. you might not have ever met that one person or whatever it was. You know, yeah. like butterfly effect kind, kind of stuff is really amazing. And so... When you start to realize the power, the the, the incredible power mm-hmm. that your choices have. Right. Whether it's a tiny, it might be a tiny choice.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's interesting you say that too, because I think when your life is sped up, you limit the choices you have available to you. So by slowing oh, down. Oh my
0: gosh, that's a, that's a and, huge
1: well, it, I mean, right?
0: I need to write that on yeah. a quote.
1: <laughs> because like you're you're moving so fast that it, you 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 just your options are so limited because you can't your your momentum is so fast that unless you slam on the brakes you're going to run by so many options right and i think like i'm not going to say i'm an expert cuz i'm now just traversing this whole area of slowing down yeah but my options yeah. have completely changed my 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 choices available to me are exponential it's a miracle what an wow. extra day off can buy you
0: what kind of i mean what are some of the more profound differences you've i mean and you've kind of only just recently started slowing down right this way um, have you noticed any any big like wow that's a, a huge change well from, not from fastness
1: i think the biggest one is not hating even the thought of waking up you know, like you're just oh, so yeah. tired, you just can't even make it out of bed. And you're like, I have to do this again. You have to do it. Yeah. Where every day feels like ground groundhog day. day yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I think it just being like giving myself permission to just slow down has one allowed me to finally accept that like 12 year old kid inside me that wanted to do all these cool stuff when I got older. Mm-hmm. And it, when I slowed down, I finally realized like, Oh, Hey, wait a second. I have been building this business for the past six years so that I could do this stuff
2: mm-hmm. there's
1: no reason for me to keep trying to grow it it's grown yeah. I- I'm done I'm clearly at a point where I can say I'm done when I'm you know booking three months in advance I don't need to be start you know stuffing people into like slots
0: when well, I love the way you put that giving yourself permission
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, because I mean creative types I think in general mm-hmm. Are notoriously, excruciatingly hard on themselves.
1: Oh my word. Yes, one hundred percent.
0: You know, and so when when you're sitting here and you're trying to get into your creative passions, mm-hmm. you know you have passion projects you want to get into. Um, even if they're not necessarily creative. If you're right. more of a left brain person and you want to go and, and build stuff, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know what I'm not a left brain person. What do
1: left brain? Whatever people you do? practical
0: people do. Um yeah. the... <laughs>
1: Read dictionaries for fun? Yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Logic everything to death? Do I don't know. Do? We could go ask uh, my that, husband.
1: That... He just sits in... You know what he does? <laughs> this is his idea of creating, and I tease him about it all the time, because it's literally what he does for work. He comes home and he plays system games, like Factorio. Oh, and yeah, And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that looks <laughs> awful. <laughs> but whatever. You left brain people. You're weird.
0: Yeah, I don't understand it. But, the, but you know, it's, it's just... Um, you, you you feel like you should get into all these things yeah. when you allow when you first allowed yourself to slow down or maybe it, for some people especially during quarantine we were forced right. to slow down we didn't right, have a right, choice right. in that matter and I think that was part of the hard part yeah. about it you didn't choose to do that yeah so you're like trying to tell yourself well I want to work yeah so therefore I'm going to remain this remain at this fast pace even though I'm at home yep and so all you've done is you've induced this mega stress because now yeah. your motivation isn't necessarily to be creative. That's a different headspace than going to work. Totally. Unless that's what you do for work. And even so yeah, there's even a, then. there's a huge distinction between, you know, and I have friends who are painters. I have friends who are filmographers and I, I've talked to so many people when they're commissioned to do
1: I what hate they do for creative
0: talent. Yeah. When, when it's a commission thing, that is work it's it it distinguishes itself from uh you know your for fun work
1: yeah it is totally totally different different. you don't have that like free like flow state you sometimes get into flow state when you're doing commission work but it's harder it's because you have like this outset you get lucky with some
0: rad project that's true you know are super into i
1: think the other thing too is when you're working on commissions yeah if you have permission from your um client or whatever to explore it changes it but sometimes people just have like this one vision and then you're locked into that and you're trying to bring someone else's dream alive and it's so painful
0: Mm -hmm. hair back up
1: i say it was driving nuts my hair drives me crazy it drives me nuts all the time i don't know what to do with it just shave it off
0: do it do the buzz cut look
1: i I always tell
0: i always tell women to do that and no one ever does it
1: i would look like my dad I dressed up like my dad I'm for sure. Halloween one. I wore a bald cap and a mustache and I look just like him. <laughs> um you've had to slow down too. Life has thrown you a lot of curveballs lately.
0: Oh man, yeah. A lot. Well, you know, I mean, par for the course for twenty twenty, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's everyone's got their own situation and it's not when I say that I'm not trying to diminish my own experience, you should never do that by the way. I mean, it's very tempting to do that right now, especially with all of these movements happening at once. And it's always like, you know, I think that's part of, if I can just say before I share my own story is like, you know, I, I feel like that's part of what has made the process of slowing down a, a bit more difficult is because we, we're seeing all these things like, you know, we have all of the all of the media is inundated with, you know, great causes. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we have Black Lives Matter going right. on. Um, we have indigenous rights are really being brought to the forefront right now, or at least I, I feel like they are. Um, you know, we're being it's an election year, so that's got its own set of things. So we're we're all being told not to not to forget the climate emergency, by oh, the way, which yeah. we haven't been so so we, we just to are... Just throw some more fuel that, on that yeah. fire. So we have all these really crazy things that we should be focused on. And so it's almost like, especially for creative types who are, again, extremely hard on ourselves. It's like we... It, I, and I don't know about you. I can only speak for myself. But it's almost like we're, we criticize ourselves for focusing on ourselves oh, because yeah. we feel like that's a selfish thing because we should care about more about black lives matter. We should care more about indigenous rights. Mm-hmm. We should care more about Breonna Taylor. We should yeah. care more about George Floyd. And yeah, we should care about those things, mm-hmm. but you have got to give yourself permission as you were yeah. saying to Give, give time to yourself. Because so, if you don't give time to yourself, how are you supposed to care about Brianna Taylor? How are you supposed exactly. to care about George Floyd? Well, and
1: that's the thing, too. When I was taking my cognitive psychology class, which was one of my favorite classes, we were talking about, like, scientifically, the brain's capacity for new information. Yeah. You have limited real estate. Yeah. You do. And you can't care about everything. Right. You, you can. And that sounds cold, but you physically cannot do it.
0: Well, and, you know, and I've talked about sleep. Um, I'd love to do a whole episode on sleep. Oh, yes. But sleep, as far as we know, um, I I, I forget exactly the percentage of this or what the numbers are, but anyway, sleep is one of the most, if not the most important thing you can do to restore your brain's ability to actually empathize.
1: Yeah. Which is fascinating. You reset the amygdala, and if you don't reset the amygdala, good luck having a good day the next day. I'm
0: so glad when Bree's here because she just puts things in in scientific ways that I I stumble at.
1: The amygdala is your fear um, gland, by the way. Well, fear part of the brain.
0: Uh, it just fear sounded so smart. Even if you made the word up, I, everyone at home would be like, ooh.
1: Yeah, everyone in my family space. accuses me of making up words.
0: It's so <laughs> unfair." I paid to learn those words. The curse Dang of it! Smart people. <laughs> <laughs> That's what yeah. my degree was in. Okay, jeez. But it's true. I mean, you know, you when when you can't empathize. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that you're not allowing yourself to sleep, because of the fact that you, your life is too freaking fast mm-hmm. and too stressful. Again, systems thinking, guys. This is ripple yep. effect. You have to realize that if you don't have the ability to empathize, then you can't care about other groups of people very mm-hmm. well. You can try and you can sympathize and you can do those things. But empathizing is a, if not the most important ability that we have as a community building tool as Absolutely. human beings. I mean, we, and, and we forget that.
1: Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, and again. And we give
0: empaths a hard time. You know, we, and I know, I know, I know, I we, know. We we have all these white ladies going, and I have to say it, and I have to say it, and, <laughs> and I'm sorry if this ruffles your feathers, but we have all these white ladies going, I'm an empath, you know. Oh, I just,
2: gosh. I feel
0: everything. And some of you do, and I get that, and a lot of you do. And, and great. I, I have struggles with empathizing. I can't do it very well. It does not come naturally for me. I think and it's so, an
1: introvert thing, too.
0: Maybe so. So the reason I kind of tease tease you empaths out there, I just hear I, there's just a lot of a lot of white ladies out there going like, you know, I love yoga and empathizing and that sounds and stuff. like
1: massage school one oh one for me.
0: <laughs> so it. you hear it a lot and it gives it gets a really bad rap. But guys, I mean if you don't have the ability to at least understand
1: well, so here's what
0: empathizing the, gives another human being, well, it's I mean, that is like I
1: think the distinction between like a bunch of like 20 to 30 year olds saying I'm an empath. Well, great. True empathy is action. It's not feeling.
2: Mm. And
1: that's yeah, the well thing. Said. Um, so cool. You can feel somebody else's sadness, but what are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know, empathy that action
0: can be as simple as a, as an intentful listing.
1: Exactly. And empathy should, empathy is one of those um, motivating emotions. So you should feel motivated afterwards. It's not like, okay, yeah. cool. Like, yeah, if I'm next to somebody who's sad, Of course, I'm going to pick up on their sadness and feel sad, too. Those are your mirroring neurons. Thank you, mirror neurons. Cool. Um, But so technically, we're all empathic because we're an empathic species. We have to. It's the basis of communication. And you're saying it's the basis of community building. So everyone's an empath. I don't know why everyone, like, attaches, like, that weird identity, like, whatever to it.
0: Yeah. Everyone has the ability to empathize. Some people have a more natural ability or, or just knack. I just get cranky about it. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people that have this knack to, yeah. to really understand where people are coming from. There's, it's certainly easier for some folks than others. Yeah. Like, like, it is
1: It is a skill for 100%. For sure it is a skill. But
0: we all have the ability yeah. to empathize. And and I, I think that's the main criticize. Um, yeah. What I mean to sort of half jokingly and rib, mm-hmm. you know, the white ladies. To I'm just, you know, I joke about it because everybody can. Yeah. It's a learned skill. It is it's not just you can or you can't, Mm -hmm. you know? So anyway, so, so that branch is to say like, you know, I have in, in my own experience with all this have also been bouting with depression for sure. Mm -hmm. It's been really rough. Uh, and, and it's also really tough because with the, basically with everything going on, you know, I study sustainability. I try to most every day, but, It has even, like with everything happening, I've, it's, you know, it's easy. Again, I'm I'm focusing on everything that's happening and you should be focused on, on current events. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you should support movements that need people to support. Like, Breonna Taylor's killers need to go to jail. You know, like stuff like that. it's, you, you care deeply about these Mm -hmm. things and... So when you're already struggling with depression, way before that stuff happens, yeah, all of a sudden you're you're, you're trying to put your attention, which you have very precious little of, very this, little this, this emotional effort, mm-hmm. or rather this this emotional um, just ability, I guess. Well,
1: the other thing too is we as humans were never meant to like intake this amount of information. No, so and that's an
0: important point to make. Is yeah. like we are we were never meant, we weren't built for this. No, and so. So, yeah, I've, I've been uh, – yeah, for sure. I, I have gone through a lot of curves in the last year, for sure, as, as a lot of folks have. Like, you know, um, was in a very serious relationship that ended. That was a, that was a big one. Um, I started I started exercising and working out. Exercising and working out. Both. I
1: mean, exercise <laughs> is boring. Working out is fun. I don't know. It don't how know. you, like, define <laughs> it.
0: But, you know, I started getting serious about that and, and reading – Honestly, I started reading a ton of self-help books, which guys do it. It's Holy self- crap. I
1: love self-help books. Can't help it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's, there's better ones than others. Mm-hmm. There's some really awful self-help books out there. But, you know, I've always, you know, I've recommend Seven Habits of Highly Effective People at Stephen Covey. It's a classic. Um, I've recommended a couple. Have you I read need to read The Untethered Soul. I've, I've heard of that one. Uh, my brother got it for my roommate for Christmas this past year and i've heard it's more based on it's more focused on mm-hmm. your spiritual self mm-hmm. and and for some people this this whole spiritual growth thing is hard to understand and it it especially gets difficult to talk about with certain groups of people right who are perhaps really involved like for example if you're going to talk about a particular religion let's mm-hmm. say let's just say christianity because it's just at the top of my head mm-hmm. it's hard to talk about spirituality strict spirituality sometimes and separate it from a mm-hmm. religion, a religion-based spirituality, because they do they do diverge. Yeah, your your spiritual self. We're talking just about your soul, just just you as a hu- vanilla human being, if you will. <laughs> where you know, who are you?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's really hard to come to a point of silence with yourself to allow yourself to hear yourself.
1: I know you've been working a lot on that. Oh lately. my gosh.
0: Well, and so that's what meditation offers here. Yeah. And that's what I've been, that was probably the biggest breakthrough for me was learning how to meditate, which I have not quite figured out yet. I'm still it's working on me it. Either. Yeah. Us active brains, like <laughs> Brie and I both, you know, we have busy brains. We have noisy the brains. monkey
1: poo flinging brain. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's awful.
0: You know, we, I, I had, you know, When I was going through my divorce, you know, I had this, I had much therapy and it was crazy because he, he asked me one time, he said, he said, what, what's your, what's going on up there? Most of the time.
1: (laughs) Everything. And I was like,
0: he's like, does that ever quiet down? And I laughed. I was like, are you serious? Like, never, (laughs) never. He goes, how, what does it happen? What happens when you go to sleep? He asked me. And I said, um, (laughs) what, yeah. Like I have to literally force my brain to, to think of Nothing. So there's, the, there's a strategy that I had taught to me by uh, some, some close friends who are yoga pros. Um, and I actually tried Reiki.
1: Yeah, I remember you're telling you telling me about it. I tried Reiki. And you were like, whoa.
0: I, I have to tell you, okay, I'm, I'm naturally skeptical of things like this. I was always skeptical of meditation. I was always skeptical for years of things like Reiki because it's contactless. They don't even touch you. You know, it's yeah. just, it, they say energy work, and I, I still don't understand it, and I, and mm-hmm. I still have, I still am developing an opinion of it. If I'm being straight with you, I mean,
1: that's but, the most honest answer you can give. Yeah,
0: but, but straight up, I, 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 and if you're, if you've never looked into Reiki, I mean, try it. That's all I can say <laughs> is, we can see what you think. But you know, I'm definitely gonna try it again because I, yeah. I, I laid there for an hour, and they did energy work mm-hmm. on me, whatever that means, and. Whether it did nothing or not, I mean, I don't know. But, but what it did force me to do is lay there still and just breathe for an hour. So if nothing else, I was forced to take an hour session and meditate. And she gave me this point, the, the Reiki uh, practitioner. She said, imagine if, if you have this thought, right? You're getting this thought, this busyness in your head. Form that thought if you can into a leaf, like a physical image of a leaf, and let it float down a river.
1: That's peaceful.
0: And I tried it, and I tried it, and it sounded, when she mentioned it, I was like, (laughs) okay.
1: (laughs) Leaf. Good, yes,
0: nice try, you know. (laughs) But I tried it, and I gave it an honest effort, and I would literally, you know, every millisecond, I would have a thought come up, and I would force my brain to physically develop this image of this, like this tv screen thought Mm -hmm. and force it into an object of that resembled a leaf the best i could
1: i'm really glad like your monkey brain wasn't like is it gonna be an oak leaf or a maple leaf and then you go off on that tangent
0: 100 you know i was like (laughs) well yeah and that's that's the curse you're like well what kind of leaf it would you know do i make it should i have it edges is it
1: fall is is it fall is it it brown is it green like
0: does it have a long stem to it how big is this leaf will it float (laughs) you know like
1: Yeah, exactly. It's too much,
0: you know. And so, like, you need to you need to force yourself to simplify your thoughts (laughs) in that moment. And I got to tell you guys, I had I had crazy visions. I had like, it was a an absolute trip, and I can't even explain it. It's
1: crazy. It was
0: nuts. And if I told you in vivid detail, you would think that I was like shrooming at the moment or something like that. Because the brain is a weird organ. Your brain's nuts. And and so when you allow yourself and, and really force yourself to sit still, that's what meditation is. Mm-hmm. You are you are there. The, we were talking about spirituality, and this is kind of where I was going with this. Joe Dispenza, I've mentioned many times before. Mm-hmm. Guys, please look into Joe Dispenza. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because he's the only person that I've, I've been able to really – here, put it in in a scientific way for people like us noisy brain people to latch onto. Mm-hmm. He talks about meditation and he says, you know, your brain, your body. He says is the what he calls the unconscious mind, mm-hmm. and the reason he calls it that is because your body is what is just doing what your brain tells it to do. It's it, it doesn't have the ability to think for itself. You can't you control your body because you know I'm moving my hand up and down because my brain is telling it to move it up and down. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell my brain what to do without first stepping outside of my body somehow.
1: That's a cool perspective.
0: Isn't that interesting? You have to talk about spirituality and the soul and stuff like that in order to get into that. And that's why Joe Dispenza's philosophies are so fascinating because he gets into stuff like quantum theory to support this.
1: That's so weird because, like, in uh, psychology when we were learning, they were talking about, like, Basically, the theory of predeterminism, pre-determin- whatever,
0: predeterminism,
1: that one I can never say. Right. It's <laughs> a hard word to say. But they're like, you know, you're there's like um, before you make a decision consciously, there's like a like a a fraction of a second that your brain fires before you're consciously aware of it. But that right there is an interesting concept because yeah. like
0: we're finding out that it's not true. Yeah. That you just are a certain way.
1: That's why I hate predeterminism. Right.
0: Predeterminism.
1: <laughs> that is like we, we spelling have, necessary. I hate it.
0: <laughs> like sure, we have our natural tendencies, right? Absolutely, but you do actually have the ability to to physically rewire your brain. Yeah. you can literally and, and again, this is why I freak out so much about Joe Dispenza because he'll show you videos mm-hmm. of actual brain synapses disconnecting and then reconnecting to a different spot. I need to that look is the to that. that is the actual that's actually what's happening in mm-hmm. your brain. When you uh, are creating new habits,
1: neuroplasticity is cool.
0: Oh my gosh, you guys! I, so cool. It's ridiculous. So, so I, I'm I'm rambling on this a bit, but it's it's to say that um, this whole meditation idea and, and mental simplicity mm-hmm. um, of of calming your thoughts down and yourself down is incredibly difficult, especially if you're a noisy brain person like like us too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But you have it. It involves you stepping literally outside of your body if in a ima- you just kind of have to imagine and go with what I'm saying here but you have to get outside of your body and tell your brain I am in charge of you yeah. you are not in charge of me
1: it's interesting like I know you are
0: I'm... sitting still whether you want to <laughs> in or in the corner not. yeah Behave exactly. yourself. And, and that when you think of it that way I mean it it does kind of change your perspective a little bit because then when your brain starts to freak out and you start to feel like, oh, I need to go do chores. I need to yeah. go look at my phone. I need to go to work. I need to go do this. I need to go do that. Some distraction. Yeah. And it's really all it is is escapism. Right. Oh, 100%. So when you're getting into this stuff, you are forcing your spirit and your soul to look inside itself and go, I'm in charge of myself.
1: You know, it's interesting that you're bringing this up because it's it, it kind of like is weird that in in my quest to slow down i chose scuba diving of all things because it's
0: a good choice that's
1: all you do you are breathing and you so like they make us do drills You can't talk you can't talk they make you do drills where you have to like put yourself into panic mode but you can't reach the surface so you have to fix the problem as it's happening oh. so like for one they make you flood your like take your mask off under oh water i've heard of this yeah and then put it back on and um unflood it meanwhile your brain's freaking freaking out Like it would, when you're having like thousands of thoughts, it goes through, it goes through the gamut, you're going to die, you know, you're going to drown. This is how it ends. But it is conscious control over those subconscious like brain patterns. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed like what you were talking about, it's the same thing. It's like forced meditation when you're scuba diving, because if you let your brain even kind of like do its own thing, you're going to hit panic mode and you Mm -hmm. can't panic underwater. You can't breathe underwater. You just, you can't.
0: Which, by the way, drowning, one of the most painful ways to die.
1: Oh, yeah. Terrifying ways. It took me, yeah. like, a bajillion descents before I was even okay even putting my head underwater. It's just not a natural thing to I've do. I've never...
0: I can't even imagine the stress that that would... I, <laughs> I, I, I have a really close friend that is a... Prof, or Well, used to be mm-hmm. a professional diver. He hasn't do, do, uh, dove in years. I was about to say... Dived,
1: dived. I like it. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) what I was
0: going to say, but he—he's I kind of a retired diver, if Mm -hmm. you will. But he—he used to talk about. uh, He went diving for like it's like seven or eight years ago. That was his first time diving, and I think it was like ten years. He said, Mm -hmm. and he—he had forgotten about the mental stress control Mm -hmm. that you have to go through and that conditioning. And and he had a moment down. And he's a deep sea diver, so. See, I
1: couldn't do that. it's yeah. too much.
0: So I mean, he had issues um, mm-hmm. when he went with his buddy, where he had to come back up to the surface for a minute and just calm down for a second yeah. because he he forgot about that part.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's it sounds just like Joe Dispenza, where you're literally having to step out of your body and be like, "You are going to be okay. You are going
0: to be just all you can do fine. is
1: breathe." Yeah, and that's literally all you can do. And I think I think for noisy brain people, I think sports like that are critical. I think that's why yeah. weightlifting is the same way, because you can only focus on that lift in that moment. And I, yeah. well, and you
0: mentioned weight, and I'm glad you mentioned mm-hmm. that it's a perfect segue into this thought I was just having. <laughs>
1: cause your self care is that, isn't it?
0: Well, it, it's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, working out has been a, an actual huge life changing. I'll never, <laughs> I'm never going to stop. <laughs> that's good. Now that I've, now that I've gotten to a point, cause it's been now since December, since I started mm-hmm. regularly working out. Good for you. And now it's it is officially habit, which mm-hmm. is really interesting cuz now I don't even have to put it on a calendar anymore. Mm-hmm. It'll just uh, what I do my schedule's typically day on, day off, day mm-hmm. on, day off. And and when it's a day on, uh, it just pops into my head like today's an on day. You know, I don't <laughs> Your even internal have to
1: notification the... system. Yeah,
0: exactly. So it is officially habit now, which is really cool. That's awesome. But I still have these thoughts of of uh, when, I, when I'm about to work out, when I'm about to well try and meditate, mm-hmm. or, or um, maybe even go and walk, or and this even relates to things like doing chores, um, being productive in any sort of form or fashion. You will always have these side thoughts of like, maybe we shouldn't today. Yeah. Maybe we can push that off. You know, and yeah, the whole stepping outside of your body thing. Mm-hmm. That's where that comes the most in hand. Oh yeah, because the more
1: depressed you are, that louder that voice is.
0: The louder the voices, yeah. and you can step out and go. Hey, voice. Shut up. I acknowledge you. Yeah, you, you have to acknowledge these negative sides of yourself. Because yeah. it, it is you. Yeah. It's not not you. Yeah. It's, it's you. It's a piece of you.
1: Nega Josh.
0: Nega Josh. <laughs> and, and you have to realize, like, that if, if you acknowledge these negative aspects of yourself, these negative habitual temptations, if you will, and you're able to allow yourself to be okay with them being in the same room. Mm-hmm you have got to get to that point. You yeah. can't just you can't just evaporate them from existence because that's a pretty surefire way to just set yourself up for failure. But if you are able to get used to being uncomfortable um, I think that's been without a doubt I think some my main work is mm-hmm. is coming to a point to where I can feel comfortable being uncomfortable and the in the way that I've done that is cold showers.
1: You do the Wim Hof actually. method?
0: I do the Wim Hof
1: Thing. Nice.
0: Now I used to do his breathing method.
1: I can't. It makes me lightheaded, really bad. It
0: it makes me lightheaded too. Yeah. It makes my hands tingle. Or you
1: get the whole hypoxia. Or, it's crazy. I can't. It's not hypoxia. It's um.
0: Well, what it does is it releases cannabinoids in your brain. Right. That's what's crazy Natural about high. it. Natural high. If you guys haven't looked, I know Wim Hof is blowing up everywhere right now. He,
1: he has gotten really popular lately, and I've like two years ago it when out I of was. Nowhere. Yeah. I know. And I was like, I I knew about him two years ago when he was still like this weird. Like my coworker told me about, it. I'm like, what? Some weird like Norwegian guy is sitting in an ice bath?
0: Well, he's Icelandic, well, and everybody yeah. calls him the Iceman. Yeah. He's got that nickname, and and he's he set Guinness World Records. I think he sat in he sat in ice water. I think it was like six and a half hours. Yeah. Or well, he's crazy. not crazy.
1: He's not really doing anything different than like what the Shaolin monks have done. No,
0: and that's, and that's in that's fact that's where he gets his philosophy. What from. is
1: it? I didn't so, know
0: that. Yeah. So he 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 gets inspiration from those ancient these like Shaolin Mm -hmm. methods. Because if you look at Shaolin monks, for example, they've been able to control their physical body through mental conditioning. And it has baffled scientists forever. Which I love. I love it. (laughs) And so they're, they're, they're coming. And so Wim Hof... I think partially became such a big deal because, well, first off, if you watch videos of him, you can't not love the guy. because hes He's, he's, he's like, kind of crazy. He's like
1: the crazy old grandpa. He's
0: amazing. He's, I, I would love to spend time with him. He's just, he's always, he has figured out this way to really um, solidify mental clarity and mental constant growth mm-hmm. through physical conditioning. Yeah. And the way that he does it is literally through proper breathing techniques, which you have got to look up, and it, even though it sounds kind of, it sounds like one of the, like, it sounds like some fad diet. It sounds like that kind of stuff. It's legit. I mean, yeah. he's, he's been studied by several universities. His physiology, his physiology has been studied during his breathing exercises, during the ice thing and, yeah. and the ice bath thing. And, and it is really fascinating. It the is. health benefits, but not just physical benefits. And this is, again, what we're talking about today mm-hmm. is, is Mental the physical resiliency. benefits are great. Yeah. But the mental resilience you get yeah. from forcing uncomfort on yourself, yep. and f- because like with the cold showers, what it does is you step in. You 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 know what I'll do. What I do is I start hot.
1: You are so brave. I am not. I I, I am a cold <laughs> weenie. I hate the cold. I got cold in my wet suit today. I tell today. my
0: dad. I tell my dad that I do the cold showers, and he goes, "Hell no, <laughs> hell no." He says, <laughs> I, I, "You are crazy." He's like, "I cannot understand how that's good for you." You know, he'll say. <laughs> But, dude look into it it's crazy yeah. because it, it's hard to do it's yeah. hard to do but because when you and what I do is I start with a hot shower
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I'll clean myself and everything and then and then I'll just crank it all the way is ice cold <laughs> and what that does is it creates this shock yeah that and so and you guys everyone knows what it's like when you get cold water on you everyone's yeah. been sprayed by a hose it's the worst. you know it's it is the worst right you you immediately your body goes into this state of shock you go <gasps> You, yep. You'll gasp, you can't <laughs> breathe, or you're shivering, or, or, you know, it's these very shock feelings. But what you start to realize in those moments, once you're able to finally get this clarity is you start to understand that those reactions are merely reactionary yeah. actions. Your body's the unconscious mind, remember? Mm-hmm. And so your body's just doing what it thinks it's supposed to do. Yeah. And I say thinks because your brain is just delivering a signal to your body. It's that simple. Thinking, we're going to die. Yeah. We need to warm up. We need to, you know, and that's why it shivers and does all these things. But in those really tense, tough moments, when you are, you have to, it it forces you Mm -hmm. to focus inward. That's what's fascinating about the cold showers. And I know a lot of people are like, hell no, I've already stopped listening like 10 minutes ago. (laughs) But what happens there is in that shocked moment, um, it bring, it forces fight or flight into mm-hmm. activity. So when you're in a hot shower, what you'll find is when you switch to cold all of a sudden, what happens? All of a sudden, your eyes dilate and you're like, you're, yeah. you're like, survival, you know? And, <laughs> and so you are extremely focused yeah. in that moment. So what you do in that moment is you, what I do anyway, is I'll close my eyes and force myself to slow my breathing down it is really hard allow yourself to shake allow yourself to 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 physically shake and stuff but once you slow your breathing down this is what's crazy Mm -hmm. is all of a sudden you start to realize like and this is all your mind Mm -hmm. and this is where the stepping outside of yourself comes in handy is your, your brain is freaking out doing what it's programmed to do but you have to step outside of your brain and go hey brain We're going to reprogram ourselves. Yeah. The cold water is okay. We're going to be just fine. We're not dying. You know, we're not, none of that's happening. This is completely controlled. We just need to do 30 seconds. We just need to do 30 seconds. Start with 15 seconds. Start with 10. Start with five. (laughs) One. One. Whatever. (laughs) Start tiny. Yeah. And, and increase as much Mm -hmm. as you can from there. I started 15 seconds at a time. Whew, I do dude. two minutes at a time right now. Wow, good for you. But I could do longer if I wanted. Yeah. At this point, I just choose two minutes. I, I, have, a, I have a friend who does five yeah. every day, you know, and, and so. But what it's what it does is yes, there's physic- There are actual physical benefits mm-hmm. to taking cold showers and stuff. It reduced
1: inflammation and all that good stuff. Oh
0: man, the inflammation stuff is really amazing. Yeah. Um, it burns fat. It, it does really amazing things. But the mental benefits are why I got interested in it. I had started hearing stories of these people who had come to huge amounts of mental clarity just from taking these cold showers and I was mm-hmm. like this is nonsense and surely not and so these people are nuts you know they're just Icelandic <laughs> so they're used to cold you know and all this stuff but they do and and yeah. ever since I started taking cold showers and have now built it into my habitual daily activity mm-hmm. I mean I have been able to in really tense really stressful, very depressing situations when my depression really starts Mm -hmm. to rise up and take control, I've been able to step outside of my brain Mm -hmm. and go, remember all this conditioning we're doing? Remember how you're actually okay? And And you think you're not? You're thinking too much. You need to let go. Interesting that you say
1: it that way. Because, I mean, going back, like, slowing down is not a habitual thing we do. So it's already it uncomfortable. It's so sad.
0: And that's, yeah. that's unnatural.
1: Exactly. And so no, in yeah. a way, slowing down is like a mental Wim Hof method because you have to like exposure therapy yourself. Yeah. Slowing down is really uncomfortable for most people it's because, very, again, very. slowing down forces that mental clarity on you. And a lot of people aren't ready for that mental clarity.
0: You know, and I, and I know people, everyone knows people like this. Yeah. You know those people that can't sit down for five freaking minutes? Oh, yeah. Three. do you know those uh, people? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, My my grandfather was was one of those people. Mm -hmm. Um, He was just a busybody. He loved to work, and, Mm -hmm. and that was his passion. But there were, you know, that has downsides. When when you don't allow yourself to understand who you are, meet yourself. Yeah. You you always think that life has to be about a task. You have to be working on something.
1: Yeah, and then you're running so on habits alone.
0: Then you're only running on habits. So basically, you're letting your body do the thinking. Yeah, and your body is not a mind.
1: Yeah, and my body taught me that it's really completely incapable of thinking for itself. Right. Because it just works itself into the grave.
0: Yeah. You know, we we and you hear it a lot right now. It's it's a lot of people are talking about being comfortable with being uncomfortable, which I find interesting as far as timing. Yeah. Because. And I, obviously, I wholeheartedly agree with that. It was interesting because I had started um, getting into this stuff, and then I started to see these get uncomfortable, yeah. get comfortable being uncomfortable. And... Well,
1: the weird thing was, is that's how humans have lived up until really recently. Yeah. So the fact yeah. that we have to go back to that is...
0: Well, and, and going back to Wim Hof for one last point, is one of the things that he talks about quite often... When he get when he's a you know he's he's a really silly dude so it's really fun to listen to him but when he gets serious he starts talking about how in modern age you know we are extremely spoiled with first world technology and first world type stuff like air conditioning for example like um, heating like mm-hmm. things like that and he talks about how cold was good for us cold yeah. was incredibly good for us not just physically once again mm-hmm. but the mental benefits. That our ancestors got from being uncomfortable and being out in the cold and, being, and doing all these things. I mean, yes, there were struggles and hardships. Right. And that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about environmental conditioning.
1: Well, they were it, it well f- equipped to handle those, you know, they environmental were stressors just from, because of that.
0: Yeah, from kidhood. You know, mm-hmm. they, they came, they grew up with this idea that life is uncomfortable sometimes mm-hmm. and that's how it works. Yeah. So it's not whether or not you are uncomfortable mm-hmm. that determines what you can and can't do or or will or won't do. Right. That becomes, it's not even part of the equation anymore. Right. It goes back to the choices thing. It, yeah. It becomes what choice is going to lead to what result. Like right. if I want to get to this result, you start to understand the importance of things like sacrifice. Yeah. And how powerful that can be. Absolutely. Sacrifice, uh, uh, agree with him or not jordan peterson actually has a great way of putting it he i says, love
1: jordan peterson he's so... he's great
0: he, i i disagree with some things he says but i think he is amazing when it comes to self-growth absolutely um, but that's his field i mean that's yeah. his specialty i think he should just stick to that that's my only criticism of jordan peterson <laughs> but, i disagree
1: uh, with him on like you will never find fulfillment unless you have children i'm like well that's that. your opinion yeah. but
0: there's there's certain things he says where i'm like maybe stick to mental health, you know, like, but the, so anyway, so he, he says that the ancient, um, like bishops mm-hmm. of ancient times had figured out how to gamble with fate
2: mm-hmm.
0: by way of sacrifice. And, and I'm not talking about sacrificing a lamb right. on an altar. I'm talking about how you give up something now for something far greater later. Mm-hmm. So the amount of something you sacrifice or an experience you sacrifice, the larger the sacrifice, the larger the reward. And I mean, it, you're getting into some pretty esoteric stuff sometimes when you talk about this, I guess, but you know, and it, we're talking about, you know, things I've yeah. been working on since December or so. And, and, and sacrifice sacrifices probably the largest part of that. You, you can't really establish new habits mm-hmm. unless you first end the bad ones.
1: Well, You have to get out of the environment that, formed those bad habits yeah we
0: always talk about starting new habits right yeah but we never talk about the art the the first individual step of ceasing the old habits first we always just try and jump over that step yeah
1: but you can't do it you cannot do it yeah
0: good luck so i guess not gonna happen the
1: entire challenge in this specific podcast is make the choice to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. which and slowing down is uncomfortable so the only way you're going to be happy or find that growth you need it's to force yourself to do something you absolutely do not want to do.
0: That you need, that you know you need and to you do. And you
1: know you need to do it. And you've
0: got to look inside your, your mind. Yeah. And by mind, I mean not your brain. The mind is to say your spiritual way of thinking, your soul, I guess. Uh, something more meaningful than strictly your physical brain. Right. You're in there. You've got to find it. You've got to find that person. But he, he she is in there.
1: Layered with monkey poop.
0: Layered with monkey crap. You know, just sometimes deeper than others. Some of us have really buried ourselves deep down. And we're getting into real therapy-related stuff.
1: Self-care is not bubble baths and chocolate. It's not. It's not.
0: I I have to say that a lot of people, when you start talking about these self-care and growth and things like that, a lot of, again, to pick on you left-brainers, a lot of pragmatic-brained people write this stuff off as fluffy Mm -hmm. and... New-agey and stuff. And yes, you can get too new-agey with this you stuff. You can, yeah. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is allowing yourself to understand what it takes to break out of the habits that you have somehow forced yourself into believing is your reality and how it's always going to be. Because well, it's and not.
1: And habits stem from survival, too. I mean, habits are only there because they serve a purpose for the brain. Right. And habits are honestly, most of the time, just efficient, even though like in the large scale of things are not efficient, they're efficient for that moment right there. Mm-hmm. So the only way to break it is literally to be uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. So I, I like this episode. This has been...
1: I feel like this is like not a slowdown episode. It's mostly like a, a, an uncomfortable episode.
0: It is uncomfortable because we've had to talk about ourselves a bit.
1: Yeah. I don't like to do that.
0: And you know, it's, uh, that can be tough as well, but being, cause we, you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable. Yep. And I think that's a big thing that people are working on in, in on mass right now. Yeah. Is, um, the whole
1: Brene Brown type yeah, thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just, uh, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> to be uncomfortable. It's okay to feel uncertain. It's okay to struggle too, by the way. And yeah. that's kind of, I hope you guys are gaining that message from this episode of, you know, everybody is struggling right now. We're even the strongest ones of us. We're, we're dealing with it. We're, and I think I read somewhere and I love the way this is put is growth is a dance. It is not a light switch.
1: <laughs> or a linear graph.
0: It's not a linear graph. It's yeah. all over the freaking place. You know, you, you cannot get from point A to point B. In a straight line, not a ex- life, you can't. And expect something beneficial to happen, right? It's it, how many times have we told have we told the story of it's not the destination, it's the journey. Yeah, the Iliad. Anyone? I, I know, you know, right?
1: Like, it's weird though. The Ameri- like American way is such a destination oriented culture. Yeah, I never really thought of it that way, but I know I'm guilty of it in my fast paced life. Of like, I I. For the longest time, my entire life revolved around the next paycheck. Like, and it's not like my calendar was next paycheck. It wasn't that I was like saving money around paycheck. It's like yeah. literally, I just need to work until here, and then that will come, and then and then, and then this th- thing can
0: happen. Yeah, and then I, this, and then I can do this and that.
1: And it left no room for anything.
0: Yeah, and it it like pre maps out your whole life.
1: It totally does, which and is a
0: huge bummer. And it is a huge bummer. One of the things I mentioned, you mentioned that post of I did of slowing down. know we talk about fast fashion we talk about fast food these things are killing ourselves and killing Mm -hmm. the environment and and (laughs) it's the environment that we get our mental clarity from most of the time Mm
1: -hmm. and the environment relies on like we're we are mirrors of the greater environment too so how we're treating ourselves is probably or how we're doing is probably how well the environment's doing and we ain't doing too good
0: yeah it's okay to struggle yeah. I mean, we're all struggling right now. And
1: struggling if, is good.
0: Struggling is a good thing.
1: I think it is a good thing.
0: And I think that's the main message with the whole being uncomfortable with being comfortable, being comfortable rather with being uncomfortable, being okay with the struggle, mm-hmm. acknowledging that struggle as an opportunity yeah. as opposed to a brick wall. Right. There, is, there are no brick walls. Right. If you come in contact with what you're sure is an unpassable point, It just means you get to turn one way and go a different direction. It doesn't mean that life's over. Right. You know, you cannot force your destiny to occur. You have to just allow it to happen.
1: This has been a very therapeutic podcast. I've gained (laughs) some major insight on the choices I've made in the past few weeks. I'm like, I feel really good about things right now.
0: Yeah. And this, I don't think it's a coincidence that our episode on slowing down is probably the longest episode we've done. Yeah. It's kind of ironic, too. Yeah. Because if you're listening to this, you have to...
1: You really have to slow down. Slow down. <laughs> Listen to our podcast. It's
0: like the Joe Rogan effect. He does three-hour-long episodes. He, he totally and, does. But, you know, it's... If you are listening... Uh, first off, thank you. Yes, thank for you. For listening. <laughs> and um, I hope you get something out of this. I hope you just realize that we're in it together, guys. You're not the only one struggling. If you're watching this and you're thinking you're the only one struggling, I see you. And you're not. We're... we're <laughs> We're both sitting here right now smiling. Yeah. And inside, we're like...
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and it's, if you're an introvert, go outside. Just just do it. Just go outside. Oh, go
0: the frick outside. I, uh, <laughs> get in the sunlight, you know? Stretch. These are all really crazy, amazing things for your mental health. Yeah. Let alone your physical. But you, you The thing earthing. is, is you cannot improve physically unless you ab- allow yourself... To develop mentally. Yep. And Not that's uncomfortable.
1: Really. All exercise is uncomfortable. Everything's uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: I know what you're thinking right now. I don't want to. Right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's probably what everyone's thinking. But you know what? Growth doesn't happen the I don't want to. Yeah. It really It never doesn't. will.
0: And this is where you have to step outside of your brain. The I don't want to is the old habits that you've just... That's all it is. It's a synapse connected... To an area of your brain that yeah. you have continually reinforced.
1: It's a very strong one. Which The stronger they are, the harder they are to break.
0: Absolutely. So, and if, and what, what we're talking about is real neuroscience. Yeah. And if, if for information on this, I'll post a link because i got to go find it. But uh, speaking of Dispenza, he has a TEDx talk on this exact thing. Yeah. And he talks about distinguishing these old habits from forced behavior.
1: Well, and that's the thing, too, is if you want to change a habit... So here's the thing: neurons that fire together wire together. So the more you do a thing, the stronger it's going to be, and the harder it's going to to break it. So yeah. just stop it now before it's like Godzilla-sized.
0: Yeah, it's going to be hard. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. It Nothing. sucks, actually. I mean, if you want me to be straight on that, with you, which
1: is great, is never easy. No, no. I feel like Captain Picard said something like the that. Th- at the thing, point.
0: <laughs> the thing is, guys. Bottom line, I mean, this is all advice that. Right, we've all heard a thousand times from a million different sources. Yep, it's been shared through generation after generation. Thousands of years of advice have been telling us slow down, make positive decisions, exercise, breathe, stretch. Like, these are the oldest things in the freaking book, and somehow we convince ourselves that that it's okay that we don't need those things. I think we need to reinvent the wheel for self help. Yeah, what are we trying to do? Reinvent how physiology works? What is wrong with us? You know like who, we who do we are stubborn creatures? Who do we think we are?
1: Yeah, that's
0: a good to question. rewrite how this works. I was gonna it, say that know?
1: fast-paced life, that's the thing with fast-paced life. you become like the epicenter of your own universe and you right. lose sight of things. Right. And you're not to... the
0: center of the universe. You're a piece of it.
1: Yes. In the system in a system.
0: In a system. I, I love that we're talking about this and we're, we're going to talk about this a lot more. But we got to end the episode somewhere.
1: Yep. This feels like a good spot.
0: So let's stop in, in one last piece of advice. What, what, if you had to recommend a big tool that people could be working on from here as day one, what is the first thing that, that would lead to other things in, in your particular recommendations?
1: Well, in, in my particular recommendation is I don't care who you are or where you're at in your journey, I guarantee deep down you know exactly what's wrong with you and what you need to do to fix it. I guarantee you. Because I went six months trying to find a quote-unquote medical answer to fix my problem when I knew all along what was wrong with me, but I wanted it to be an easy fix. And it might take some slowing down to figure out what that answer is, but I guarantee you know exactly what's wrong with you. Everyone does. It's coming to admit it.
0: Yeah, denial sucks.
1: Denial sucks. And I mean... Emotional pain causes true physical pain, Mm. and I think a lot of people don't like to connect the two, but you can't separate them. No. The brain doesn't separate them, so you shouldn't either.
0: Yeah, Your body doesn't.
1: Exactly. (laughs) So if you are really struggling with like depression or anxiety or something like that, I guarantee you that there is a seed somewhere that grew that weed. I guarantee you probably know where that seed was planted. Go in and tear it up, because I knew exactly where mine was.
0: And it's interesting you say seed because mm-hmm. sometimes you do have to dig deep. You
1: have to dig. And to weeds really have really terrible roots. Yeah. So sometimes you don't get all the roots and they grow back. But at least you know where it started from. But everyone has one epicenter of every episode. And it could be a personality trait. It could be an external trigger. It could be whatever. It doesn't matter. But yeah. if you can identify it and if you can accept it, you can fix it.
0: Absolutely. That's
1: my self-care tip.
0: That's a good one. You know what's up. You know what's up. You know what's up. But the interesting thing is if you can't quite figure it out, guess what you got to do? Slow down. You got to force yourself <laughs> to sit still. You have to. Because you're not going to figure it out mm-hmm. until you do. You just won't. Yeah. I promise you won't. And it sucks.
1: Yeah. How about you? What's yours?
0: I would have to say, um, I, I can't stress enough the vulnerability aspect of all mm-hmm. of this. Unless you're willing to feel some pain and you're willing to feel serious discomfort and you're willing to push through those things. And I'm talking about both mental and physical. Yeah. You know, they say no pain, no gain. And it's true mentally, too. Mm -hmm. You will never, ever grow to the point that you want to get to unless you're not just allowing yourself to be vulnerable, but forcing it on yourself. Because that has to be done with intent. If you have a goal of mental clarity, mental growth, emotional growth, and physical growth, you're not going to get there unless you feel it. (laughs) Yeah. If you want to grow physically, you have to hurt. I mean, they call them
1: growing pains for a reason. Heck, if you look at a tree and if you look at like, look at a tree. They have to grow, right? They're growing up. Look at how many splits in their bark they have. Oh, that's Look so Look at beautiful. how much they have to shed their bark yeah. just to grow. And growth causes scars. It, it causes it bursts in the seams. It's painful. Yeah. But, I mean, if you want to be resilient like a tree, you have to have some splits in your bark.
0: Mm-hmm. You just do. So, yeah, it, be vulnerable, guys. Force it if you have to. If it's not going to come naturally, because, I mean, most of the time it won't. It, you just won't see growth unless you get there.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing. You won't see it, but people around you will. And I think that you know, just to kind of throw the last log on the fire here, if you don't have a support group, find one. Everyone's you know. Oh,
0: so right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Guy, build yourself, or at least get yourself into some kind of. It doesn't even have to be a whole community, but some kind of social.
1: Yeah, because growth doesn't happen in a vacuum. And I mean, if we're going to go back to the tree analogy, a tree cannot grow without soil, water. Fungi, believe it or not, yeah. soil bacteria, sun, mm-hmm. you know, the, the tree's growth isn't on its own. It puts in the work, of course.
0: When you mention decomposition,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, that that's, it's its another reminder from nature that death is a part of life. It is. Which means that if you are, what I'm trying to say is, we, we talked about habits. Mm-hmm. Kill them. You got to kill the old ones. its They have to die. They mm-hmm. can't just stay there and linger as this you know, third limb that's just like hanging out while you're trying to be healthy. You know, there's that meme I forget. And I think it's uh, Ryan Reynolds and he's like, and it says something about me trying to give mental health advice to other people. And he's like, you know, looking hot and fancy like Ryan Reynolds does. And then behind him, there's this huge car explosion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. you cannot, um, you just won't be able to grow unless, unless you felt that pain. And yeah. for those of you who have already done it, you're sitting here nodding, I'm sure. So, first off, as Bree said, you know what's wrong. You know what the deal is. You know. Allow yourself to know. Allow yourself to sit still and figure it out. And be okay with it. Be okay with it. It's gonna hurt. Yeah. It's gonna hurt.
1: Give yourself permission to be okay with it, because some people need a permission slip, and you're the only one who can write the permission slip in your life now. It's not your parents anymore,
0: sadly. So, and find community, some kind of community. Someone, even if it's one friend, who will tell you honest truths and things like that, supports one thing. But blind support is really dangerous.
1: Very, very dangerous. Allow
0: yourselves to sit still, find the problem, and be vulnerable and be uncomfortable and be okay with that. Because that's the true path to real growth Yeah. real clarity. And once you get there... You get addicted to that pain, actually. You
1: do. And then you get addicted to the different options it opens for you. Oh, yeah. So many choices.
0: Everybody talks about it. Look, you've heard this advice a thousand times. We're not talking about anything. We're talking about stuff that we've read in books.
1: Yeah, and we finally applied.
0: That we finally <laughs> figured out how to apply. Yeah. But, guys, it, this is old advice. It's it been advice for thousands of years for a friggin' reason. So stop ignoring it. It's the best. I mean, I know it's tough. I know it's tough. The only reason it's tough is because you are focusing on what your brain has told you is comfortable. And that is depression. It is anxiety. It is negative thoughts. The only reason you're in that bubble is because that's where you've been. So the only reason you're still there is because you have convinced your brain to tell your body that that's your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So you're lying to yourself. You're in serious denial. So force yourself outside of there. And feel like crap for a yeah. while. It's going to be so much better. Yeah. But You'll get there. And, and yeah. you know what? D- DM us. Okay. Contact us. As two people with depression, we know. Please reach out. Re- reach out to the Instagram, Podcast at gmail.com. Comment, whatever it is. If you guys are feeling like despair and you're alone and you just cannot get out of this, you've got two people right here that are totally going to help you out. We're here for you.
1: <laughs> I love talking to people on Instagram. Yeah. It's like my favorite thing. Life's
0: a struggle, man. We're both struggling. But we'll get there.
1: We'll be struggling until we die, but that's okay. Make it a worthwhile struggle. Damn
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> Make it a worthwhile struggle. Environmentalism is... <laughs> it's thankless work. But, it we're but it's its worthy. But it, so. it
1: is fulfilling.
0: So. so I hope you guys gained something out of this. Thank you so much. I'm glad Bree's back.
1: Yeah, I'm glad to be back too. Yay! <laughs>
0: Look, if you like the episode and, and you feel like this is something that you have someone in your life that could hear this and maybe gain something out of this, whatever it might be, please do share us, like us, repost, whatever. Um, it really does help uh, the growth of the podcast. Um, if you want to donate, you can do that. It's at uh, patreon.com slash Sustainable Culture Podcast. You can find us on every platform, um, basically, and so as well as YouTube, of course. Thanks for watching. And yeah, best wishes to you guys heal
1: yeah be gentle with yourself yeah but uncomfortable
0: yeah absolutely (laughs) thank you for watching the sustainable culture podcast thank you for listening i hope you guys have a wonderful wonderful rest of the week rest of the month we're here for you peace